0: Two small screeners where we talk about made-for-TV and direct-to-video movies. I'm Chris. I've got AJ here with me, as usual. Say hello, AJ.
1: What's up, y'all?
0: We're going to kick off spooky season with, (laughs) you know, last year we did a couple of made-for-TV Carpenter and King flicks, double feature for for Halloween. Uh, Yeah, we did. Similar thing, anyway, this year with uh, a couple of direct-to-video entries into the Phantasm franchise. Don Coscarelli's wild and wacky and super violent nightmare uh, known as Phantasm. So, um, before we get into the movies, uh, the two that we're going to cover in particular, what is your uh, history with the uh, the Phantasm franchise?
1: Oh, I mean, I think it's the same as a lot of people uh, my age you know we saw it on i was not lucky enough to see the first one in the theater you know i was four when that shit came out and my parents were cool they weren't that cool um (laughs) but i got to see it on video when i was you know i'm sure what would be considered far too young but was perfect (laughs) for me at that time in my life as a young horror fan probably 11 or 12 not you know i i want to say i saw part of it on tv earlier but i just you know because the, the cover art, and I knew of it, uh, mm. the spheres and stuff, and I'm sure I would seen clips or, or pictures and stuff in Fango and all that. And I know it kind of freaked me out a little bit. It was kind of foreboding and a little bit daunting, maybe even a little intimidating when I was like under 10, you know, looking at that cover art on the VHS. But, you know, you get over that when you're watching Jason cut heads off. You're like, I can handle fucking <laughs> that So I rented it, you know, and watched it with friends and stuff. We all loved it. When the sequel came out, I was like 12 or 13 or something, I think. And I, uh, again, didn't get to see that in the theater, but saw it when it hit video and loved it. Those first two, yeah. you know, I do enjoy these. We'll talk about what we do or don't like in these ones. Uh, that's kind of what the point of this is. But those first two... They're obviously the the cream of the crop. Now, I think the first one is obviously the the best of the movies in terms of it being the most successful and getting across what is Phantasm, you know, the most uh, successful Phantasm experience, really. But the second one is the one I probably watched the most. Um, It's the one with the biggest budget, you know, where Dawn got the most toys, really. And I'm all for Dawn Getting more money than he always does, which is nothing. You're he right. always gets nothing, and he somehow turns it into awesome, fun movies that we love. Because the dude is just gifted. He, he. They give him shit, and he makes fucking art. You know. And even I mean, Phantasm Three and Oblivion. We can argue about whether or not they're art, but fuck you, they are. <laughs> but those first two. What do you think about the first two? Do you? Think the first one is the best, but the second one is kind of your favorite. Or are you saying "fuck you, AJ"? You know, don't even <laughs> think about the second one. It's all part one because part two ain't even Mike, bro. Mike Truther.
0: Yeah, know. I, I know that there's among the uh, the fans, and I uh, that as the uh, PH version of the uh, Phantasm fan base fanatic. They, yeah, they. um It seems like there is a. Oh, disdain not a, It's too strong a word, but there's a kind of a superiority it seems like like oh the first Phantasm's the real one and then the third and fourth ones well that's coscarelli getting back to his roots and those are you know i feel like the third and the second one is kind of looked down on because it's a big budget like hollywood movie yeah Uh, but yeah i i definitely think the first one is the purest phantasm experience or whatever like you were saying Um, (laughs) that bullshit i I like the second one a lot Uh, we'll, we'll do some we'll do our our rankings at the end of the uh at the end of the episode as far as like which ones are our favorites or whatever, but uh, I'll just
1: tell you, mine's a really easy ranking. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll bet. Mine is, mine is uh, probably more complex. No, I'll just say okay. that. but, um
1: cool. I'm excited to hear what it is. We'll, we'll <laughs> chop it up brother. Or I'm sorry. We'll uh, slice it up.
0: There you go. Uh, that's, that's more uh, of a it up. Uh, it drill up? it up.
1: We'll, we'll mm. pierce and drill it up.
0: There you go. This all got Uh, very
1: tortured very quickly. I apologize for (laughs) even trying to go there.
0: I appreciate your efforts, though. (laughs) Yeah, I I think my first, you know, I saw the videos in the store at the video stores when I was a kid. I never watched any of them. Uh, I believe my first experience with any of them is probably like my junior or senior year of high school. Must have been been
1: uh, when the third one came out.
0: No, the 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 third one had been out by then. I, I'm, we're talking like ninety seven or so.
1: Oh, okay. So Oblivion was just about to drop.
0: Yeah, Oblivion was not out yet, but um, the first three were out. And a friend of mine who uh, became a big fan of the franchise, he he, I well, we actually went to his house and he had recorded uh, Monster <laughs> Vision, where you know Joe Bob Briggs has a famous rant about them destroying the CUDA in Phantasm Two and how angry he was about it. And he showed me that, and I was laughing, you know, because I'd already known who Joe Bob was or whatever, but that's the first time I saw a Phantasm movie, I'm pretty sure. It was when we watched Phantasm Two when he wanted to to show me that. And then he had the others on video, I guess, at the time, and uh, we ended up watching all the first three. And he was really excited about the fourth one, which had not come out yet. And I think they were still... You know, rumors that it was going to be called, you know, Phantasm 1999, and yeah. and there were a lot of internet gossip about what the plot was going to be and stuff.
1: I had learned about that through Fingo. Mm-hmm. I knew that Roger Avery, a fanatic in his own right, <laughs> yeah. uh, had written it, and it was going to be this big fucking epic thing. And uh, I mean to say that we and and I I I love Phantasm one and two, and really, really, really enjoy i mean i do love three and four I and mean, we'll get to five and i it's not that i just like five it's just it's we'll get to that A different thing well it's not even that i we'll get to that the thing about phantasm 1999 the, the people that i knew even who were like casually into phantasm in the way that you're like you like horror movies right yeah you like phantasm oh yeah i've seen that movie it's pretty fucking <laughs> trippy i dig it yeah you know like that even Those people I'd kind of heard, oh, are they making a new Phantasm movie? Because people were pretty fucking stoked, bro. Mm -hmm. The the people who were into horror and talked about that kind of shit, we talked about Phantasm 1999. At least I did to my friends. We couldn't imagine what a Don Coscarelli, big-budget fucking Phantasm movie was going to be. And, of course, that's all we ended up being able to do, because as exactly. is the usual way he never the money fell through <laughs> right and he ended up having to do what he did uh, which was have no money and try to make a movie a real feature film with no money <laughs> and he did and he did and we will we'll break that down again and i'm sorry but your friend was really excited about this and did you watch all three of those then with him
0: uh, I mean, it's hard to pin down exactly, but yeah, he showed all of those to me. I'd never, you know, seen them. Uh, and then when the four came out, you know, he we were both really excited to watch it. So we watched the fourth one as soon as it uh, was released. I think maybe that was a little bit before DVD. It was, I think, pretty much me and everybody I knew – Got DVD players around 1999 or 2000, so Phantasm four came out in 98, so I'm sure he had a VHS copy of it, but we...
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's where I ended up renting it, but when I first saw that one, it was on pay-per-view, because I think it hmm. hit pay-per-view before it hit VHS.
0: That's cool, yeah, that would have been probably the early days of them doing that kind of thing, direct-to-video movies and stuff.
1: Yeah, but at any rate, I pay-per-viewed it and did the shit you're not supposed to do i recorded that shit right to a VHS. (laughs) and then years later something had happened to the copy i had i remember i went into the store and we still rented it on vhs i don't think we had a dvd player yet because yeah some of us didn't jump on the dvd thing right away not because we thought it wouldn't work but just because that's just how it is for me (laughs) (laughs) i got a playstation late i got a fucking i get everything late but i get it
0: yeah i remember i got a a dvd player i think what happened was my ps2 those are really popular so i had it pre-ordered but i did not get one of the first shipment so i had to Mm. wait longer and so i was like well i need a dvd player because i already started buying dvds (laughs) so i bought the cheapest dvd player i could find which was like 150 bucks probably back then yeah and then as soon as my ps2 came in i sold my DVD player to a friend of mine's parents, so, so it all worked out, I guess. But yeah, my first, really, really my first DVD player was a, a PS2.
1: Right on. Can't beat a PS2. I mean, I guess you can with a PS3, 4, or 5, <laughs> but I, when PS2 came out, man, I mean, the fact that it played DVDs, I mean, we were all yeah. just like, oh, man, yeah.
0: And anyway. P- I mean, that was kind of when I stopped getting into video, stopped being into video games, because within a year that just all i used my ps2 for was to play (laughs) DVDs. it was basically just a dvd player i Uh, kind of got out of games around that time but anyway anyway that's that's neither here nor there so so yeah that's pretty much where i'm came from with phantasm my friend really got me into it and i've always been you know not one of the hugest fans but i am a, a big fan of the movies i've watched all of them several times at this point and we know that the Franchise kind of got wrapped up with the Ravager after the two we're going to talk about tonight, and then uh, Angus Scrim, the tall man from this series, passed away. I think in 2017, maybe around there, maybe a year after Ravager came out. So I'm fine with him not doing any more fantasy movies. I assume because it's intellectual property, eventually they're going to try and mine it for more with with remakes and stuff like that. But um, I think
1: somebody will, but it's not going to be what they are.
0: Yeah, it's not gonna They're
1: be. They're not insane. Don Coscarelli movies. Right. Um, and I know Ravager is an neat but and look, here's the deal. I'll get to that right now because we that way you understand and you can adjust your conversation accordingly if you need to. I sure. haven't seen it. Oh really? That's my deal with Ravager. I have not yeah. seen all of it. Not long after it dropped, it ended up hitting shutter or something and I was like mm. Yeah and I started watching it. And you've seen it then, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. I started watching it and I don't remember I think it starts like with reggie like out on the road and then it sh- then it's in the rest home area right mm-hmm. and that i was like right. oh well i mean it's either it starts in the rest home or then goes to reggie out but i <laughs> right, think it, right. it starts out and then goes into the rest home and and i was like oh that's what they're doing this time it's one of those stories you know it's like the moon knight run where suddenly he's in the asylum it's like, i was like okay so that's what we're doing okay and i didn't mind it i was like this is cool i'll watch it and then something happened and I had to stop the movie, and I'm like, I'll get back to it. And I have never gotten back <laughs> to it all these years later. Right. And I'm gonna, I'm actually going to now because they're all. I think it's Peacock is what we watched three and four. Peacock
0: on. has got them all except for two. Oh,
1: okay. Well, I have this it's weird because, it, and I have the remastered of one, and that shit is fucking gorgeous. You've seen that, right? right.
0: Yeah. Um, I um, I've you got, saw it in the
1: theater, didn't you?
0: No, I haven't I, seen. it. <laughs> it was some the
1: remaster that you saw in the theater that I still want to. I would love to see son of a bitch.
0: I would love to see Phantasm in a theater, but no, I haven't had that experience yet. That Uh,
1: remaster, oh my god, dude, it's so beautiful man the only thing close to it in recent years that got me get, feeling the way it did was the suspiria remaster they did the old mm-hmm. one not the you know yeah, not, yeah. not the new remake but oh that fucking phantasm thank you jj people want to give jj Abrams <laughs> shit, but fuck you even if this is all he ever did fuck lost fuck alias fuck all of it if all he did was supervise this remaster he's he's a legend to me god
0: yeah. it's so beautiful and so, he can't <laughs> in alias which was cool
1: He did. Yeah, he's a a fanatic. Um, And I, you know, I wanted to point that out before our conversation so people understand where I'm coming from. I'm pretty much like you. I do feel I'm a big fan of the series because I do love the movies, all of them. But. I would definitely not say I'm a fanatic, you know, I would, <laughs> right. Cause that would be offensive. Honestly, you know, that would be, that would be an insult to him. If you're like, it's like stolen valor and shit. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? I'm not kidding. When you're talking, yeah, I'm not going to, so. <laughs> yeah, you know, but, um, I'm like I could say that with Stephen King, like, yeah, I'm a real fucking, like I'll stand right next to Hey, what's up? How you doing? I'll stand right next to anybody. No problem. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to pretend like I'm some giant, you know, in the no, hyper-nerd about it. Maybe I should be. They're cool, you know? <laughs> so, let's get right into part three. When you watched it with well, your... oh, Debra. Sorry, I was
0: going to say, but before we uh, do the new two-directed uh, video, just a little history on the franchise as far as how it came to be. Ah. You know, Don Costarelli, he had done a couple of indie movies and then he wrote and directed the first Phantasm, uh, which was a big hit, a big indie hit in 78, is that right?
1: 79, wasn't it?
0: 79. It work? I got to find
1: out. <laughs> yeah, 79.
0: Yeah, and uh, then he got a few other opportunities. He did Beastmaster, maybe... It uh, seemed like there was another 80s movie he did that I'm not remembering what it is, but... Um,
1: he did Survival Quest.
0: I'm not familiar with that yeah.
1: one. <laughs> it, it, it's like a little survivalist horror... Not really horror, like a survival thriller in the woods with, like, these youth campers that are all troubled or, like like youth offenders or uh, juvenile delinquents. One of them's a young Dermot Mulroney and another one is a young Catherine Keener. That's where they met and have been Hmm. married all these years because they met on that movie. Um, Lance Henriksen is uh, the leader of the campers and they run afoul of like another group of, I think it's kids or young people out in the forest and it's a paramilitary like ROTC, like military thing and they end up fucking getting into a war. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's got a cool little cat. Let me look it up real quick. You should watch it Survival Quest, bro, now, Don't Was was
0: was there a similar movie where there are some young campers out and maybe Kevin Bacon was one of them?
1: That's a White Water Summer.
0: Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. Okay. I do remember that when I was a kid. I just remember them like having to rebel against the guy who was in charge or whatever.
1: Oh, he made that shit. He made uh, he did Phantasm in seventy nine, Beastmaster in eighty two, nothing until Phantasm two in eighty eight, although Silver Bullet is in there because he worked on oh, his bullet. Right, right. Um and then after Phantasm two Survival Quest in eighty nine. Let, let me just throw this cast at you here. All right. Lance Hendrickson. And then the leader of the uh it's they they're described as the Blue Legion, a gun happy squad of teenage boys under the command of tyrannical survivalist Jake Cannon. He's played by Mark it's a great name. Yo, totally who played him again Mark Rolston you may not know the name but you know his face he's in Aliens you know Vasquez's buddy who gets yeah. uh, acided mm-hmm. and he's also what's his name Um, in Shawshank Redemption he's the leader of the sisters the guy okay, the guys okay. who brutalize Andy a uh, character actor been around forever anyway yeah he's the bad guy so yeah Dermot Moroni Catherine Keener uh, Lance Hendrickson Mark Rolston it's cool as I remember I mean it's not like fucking classic or anything but it was fun
0: I'm sure it was in heavy rotation on HBO or whatever, much like *Beastmaster*. *Cinemax*, was. one of those. Yeah, sure. it actually was. That's where I saw it.
1: And I'm looking here, and I see that, of course, our boy Reggie Bannister is in it.
0: Oh, of course. Of course he is. So so yeah, Phantasm was a was pretty big hit for for an indie horror movie and then I guess he got Beastmaster and then the way I understand it Universal wanted like their own Freddy, Jason, Pinhead or whatever. They wanted their own horror icon. So that's why they wanted to do a Phantasm sequel with Coscarelli and
1: Well yeah, I mean they wanted another Universal monster kind of thing. They hadn't had a new one since back in the day and they're looking around at Chucky and Freddy and Mike and all those guys <laughs> like fuck. We used to run this shit.
0: Uh, they, so they gave Universal
1: Cosperelli, did a lot of crazy horror stuff in the 80s. They they tried some shit. It did not all work out.
0: <laughs> yeah. I can't. Yeah. I don't know outside of the classic Universal monsters. I can't think of any other icons to point to for, for Universal. No.
1: But, you know, I mean, hey, they ended up bringing us stuff like Demon Knight, you know, and shit like yeah. that. They were trying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, they gave Coscarelli a, a pretty big budget for Phantasm 2 and it underperformed. So when he transitioned to, to Phantasm 3 several years later did not get the budget that the the second movie had although it still had a pretty good I think it
1: had a few million didn't it
0: I think it was like half of what Phantasm 2 was yeah a budget for the, the second one three million and 2.5 so actually pretty close to, to
1: and the, the thing that's funny is the second one looks way better
0: yeah way, way
1: even better. though three looks way better than two. Yeah. You know, in terms of what they're able to do. Yeah. Uh, anyway.
0: But, but, uh, yeah, that, and I, they were initially, Scott Sorelli's understanding was that three was going to be a theatrical release. Yeah. I think up until around the time they finished making it. <laughs> and it got a small theatrical one. See, I've actually got the book, Fantastic Zoomed, which is kind of like a.
1: Oh, the, I want that book. Is it, is it huge? No, it's, uh, yeah, I was hoping it would be huge. <laughs> uh,
0: it, it's like 250 something pages. Oh, that's cool. There is a second volume that I don't have. It came out a couple years later, but I'm looking to see before we dive into actually what happened in the movie. <laughs> it says Phantasm 3's tangled roots stretched far back before Phantasm Two had even begun filming. The original Phantasm Three had much more in common with the later Phantasm 1999 project, which involved Reggie being kidnapped by the tall man and used bait for Mike. Our young hero rides a motorcycle deep into the desert to find his friend and destroy the alien mortician on the road. He recruits a monkey companion and a <laughs> loving interest when he visits a witch's coven. So none of that stuff really happens <laughs> in the in the final product for Phantasm 3. That was kind of where his first ideas for the script, I guess, were. Despite positive test audience response, the movie was ultimately given a li- limited theatrical release the following year before a direct video rollout in the days leading up to Halloween. So it did get played in a handful of theaters but technically I think it still qualifies as direct video so I yeah. feel comfortable covering it here.
1: I mean that's how it was released wide so I mean it is a direct video right. movie. Um I know that uh, I remember reading uh, I, I mean it's Wikipedia so I mean take it that for what it's worth but Reggie said that Universal was uh, I guess beefing with Coscarelli uh and that's why they chose not to give it a theatrical release or you know at least give it a, a even halfway decent one,
0: right? But Yeah, it went it went direct to video and did well enough that uh, there was interest for a fourth one a few years later. But let's talk about the third one specifically. Phantasm Three is a 1994 direct to video sci-fi horror movie written and directed by Don Coscarelli. It stars Reggie Bannister, A Michael Baldwin, Gloria Lynn Henry, Kevin Connors, and the late great Angus Scrim. The plot uh, <laughs> the plot concerns Mike and Reggie from the Original two films journeying across the U.S. in search of the tall man who leaves town after town destroyed with zombies in the place of the living. After Mike is abducted by the tall man, Reggie has to find him. Along the way, they pick up allies in the form of Tim, an inventive young boy, and Rocky, a nunchuck wielding, ass kicking babe that quickly catches Reggie's eye. So, Reggie, horny Reggie is probably Reg- horniest <laughs> I mean, I probably the, the horniest hero in
1: any movie franchise ever. Do what? I mean, I said <laughs> probably the horniest hero in any movie franchise ever. (laughs) i do include any franchise so uh, yes he's hornier than james bond i mean that
0: because he has to be i guess yeah (laughs) but yeah reggie is sort of the ash of the phantasm franchise
1: fuck yeah he is (laughs) we love our ice cream vendor
0: balding ice cream vendor who gets wrapped up into these these crazy plots (laughs) involving his
1: love you know
0: Mm, you know that Uh, what was the name of the band oh
1: fuck yeah, see, I'm not a fanatic. It doesn't come Yeah,
0: like me neither. Yeah, I'll just uh, edit this part out. Uh, you gotta fucking love it. But yeah, the the third movie, lower budget than than the second one, uh, although not as much as I thought until just a few minutes ago. But, uh, <laughs> you can see that they're going smaller scale. Uh, the second one has a lot of cool gore effects and stuff. And there's some in this as well, but it's more of a on-the-road movie. <laughs> and they have a small cast. Really, really small cash for the fourth one. But third one's pretty small cash as well. But they make do with what they've got. And Coscarelli is definitely good at stretching the budget and, and making something good out of it. For sure. Specifically with Reggie, he kind of became almost the lead in the second movie. You know, they recast Mike from the first movie in, in part two, and then they brought the original actor back for this one.
1: Which is he's, fucking hilarious because they make such a big goddamn deal out of it at the time. And the motherfucker is barely in it for the first, what, 30, 40 minutes maybe?
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, he's there, but he's hardly in the movie. Right. And it's like, you, you made all this stink about bringing Mike back. Like, well, here's Mike. Where the fuck's Mike? Like, you he said he's back. Where's back? I always, I hardly see the son of a bitch. That was that was a little disappointing. I, I will note that as a, a tiny nitpick, but I mean, I understand it's the story. But
0: I can't uh, complain too much when Reggie's taking focus, though.
1: <laughs> so yeah, that's true. <laughs> Reggie is an infinitely more interesting character than Mike. And I mean, look, I like Mike Baldwin a lot. He's cool. You know, I understand he's the original Mike. You know, that's the whole. You, you stay true. I get it. It's cool. But Mike as a character. Is only so interesting to me. And having him switched out with James LeGros didn't really fucking affect my enjoyment (laughs) of the movie in one way or another. It was just like, oh, that's Mike now.
0: Especially when you're recasting a child actor like you know, he was what, twelve or thirteen in the first Phantasm?
1: I think thirteen, yeah.
0: Yeah. So when they come back nine, eight or nine years later and they cast an adult.
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter. I didn't think. (laughs) I didn't think at all. You know, when he did come back in this one, I remember when I rented this on VHS. Like we talked about, that's how it came out. I was I was stoked to see him. I was like, Mike, it was cool. But it's,
0: it's cool for him and for Coscarelli to get, you know, because that's what he wanted to do or whatever. And he was kind of forced to change actors in the second one, yeah. uh, by the studio. But like, it's which just, is from viewing experience, it doesn't. It's more no. jarring to go from Adult Mike into to the adult Mike in three <laughs> than it is to go from kid Mike in one and a different actor is the adult Mike in two.
1: I have to agree. But I mean, even so, it's not something that is a huge hurdle to get over. It's just like, no. oh, oh, okay. And then you just kind of get get with it because he it's Mike, the the way he looked as a kid again. But I just mean that the character of Mike does not have a huge personality in one way or another. And I don't mean he's bland. He's He's cool. It's just, he's not like, there's not something big about him that you would have to replace that someone else would then have to replicate. You know what yeah. I mean? Or just a, a like even just a slow burning intensity that James <laughs> LeGros had to really capture. And then adult right. Mike has to capture that James LeGros captured. You know, there's no you just have to be Mike. <laughs> you know, you just do yeah. it. So that I think it, it would be way different if you tried to recast Reggie, because Reggie has a very distinct personality. Even if it is just horny mixed with surprising action hero adeptness right. who's able to pull off the like i'll blast you in half over the shoulder like it ain't no <laughs> thing you know reggie would just occasionally pull that stuff out and then also be the bumbling comic relief not jack burton but
0: no no he's more capable than, than jack
1: <laughs> yeah kind of between jack and Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. anyway but yeah that's how i feel about the whole Mike thing now, you were talking about just having a smaller cast. Now, I know that Rocky, Gloria Lynn Henry, if I'm remembering her name right, is a fan favorite. But rewatching it this time, what really stood out to me was I loved Tim. A yeah. whole fucking lot. Like, I know there had to be some kind of Home Alone influence going on.
0: Because it a couple, he, like, four years later, maybe.
1: Yeah, this is, like, pretty close to the, the first and the second one coming out. But, you know, he's killing those motherfuckers in the beginning of the movie and shit. <laughs> and I'm just like, hell yeah. And occasionally he would just, I just like the character of Tim. And, yeah. and the kid I thought was good. Gloria Lynn Henry, while a really groovy presence, I thought had a little creaky moments here and there. Like in line delivery seemed kind of forced, like trying to be a little too tough. But she's such a cool presence. Mm-hmm. This, you know, I mean, she's just cool looking. And yeah,
0: I feel like her as an actress being a little stiff at times or whatever, like that kind of just fits in. Because most of the other than Reggie, who is pretty charismatic, most of yeah. the even Angus Scrim is a little... You know, a little stiff, a little um, awkward sometimes. But
1: I I can agree with you that Phantasm (laughs) is not where you go to, like, you know, it's not the most fertile land for, like, award-winning actors and shit. (laughs) But they are, all of it is what it is. You know, it's all of a piece and that the handmade quality, which sounds like I'm... Uh, contradicting myself saying that one of the you know, the one I like to watch the most is part two. But I mean that's what that handmade quality, the soul part of it, is still there in part two. And you all you have to do is watch it to see that parts of it seem a little not so gently hacked at with the editing song. Yeah. And you you know, then you read about it and you find out the fights that he had with Universal about it. Which is funny that he was like, Yeah, sure I'll make part three with you, knowing what he went through with them to make part two. His his inherent Don Coscarelliness just can't help but shine through even with that. And so, yeah, part of that whole charm is the slight flaws of it. The, the It's a little ragged, you know, yeah. and that includes her like sometimes saying something that I'm like, oh, God, oh, God, because <laughs> <laughs> it's more comical than it should be. But you're right. That is kind of charming, you know, because they all do that. Even Reggie does that. But, I mean, Reggie is just, like, such a character that we're like, we don't give a fuck if you're a corny yeah, you piece of shit. Just do it. So, yeah. But, I mean, did did anything this time with you, like it did with me with Kevin? I was I, I was really stoked how much fun it was happening with Kevin this <laughs> yeah,
0: time. I, I okay, do like I Kevin. I, I prefer this horror Home Alone to, like, rare, rare <laughs> exports, which is, like, is that a... It's not an American I can't remember what where that one was made. Maybe it's German or what, but
1: uh, have you seen I'm Rare Exports? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Scandinavian or some fucking uh, I, I wanna say it's uh, from Finland.
0: Yeah, which isn't bad. It's not a bad movie or anything, no. but this is my preferred like uh kid killing the shit out of people in a house with his um you know, home alone trickery. But yeah, I, I like that kid. He's uh pretty good. I don't know that he
1: I don't think he did anything else.
0: Yeah, he, he well, I might think he might have been did a in because I know a lot they brought a lot of actors back for that. I don't remember if he was one of them or not.
1: I heard that Rocky did come back. Yeah, she's I I think the kid may have done like some TV and like maybe another movie or something, but I mean he never really did much past the mid nineties that he doesn't have a, a career now, let's just say that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> At least not in the film industry. No, uh, that's what I mean. But yeah, I like him and I like Rocky a lot. We don't even see her, I don't think, until like over half of the movie. But yeah, she her and Reggie going back and forth is, is always fun, and I always like a chick with nunchucks. That you don't cool. see nunchucks that often outside of Ninja Turtles, so it's cool to see her spinning those around. And there's a really cool the Rocky versus Zombie Lady fight at the end is a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. There's what some you-
1: really weird shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean,
1: of- it is a phantasm movie,
0: right? They're all kind of all over the place. Yeah. What do you think of the three, I don't know what you would even call them, looters or whatever that are in the town that Reggie yeah, runs Yeah, I think
1: they're to. looters is what you call them. I, I think they're cool because they get to be villains in the scene where they show up and mm-hmm. we get to kill them. And then they get to come back again and be villains again under the influence of the tall man and then get killed again. And they're kind of goofy, but they're fun. That The sequence where they come back reanimated that has the, it's, it's, you cannot escape it. It is (laughs) integral to a Phantasm movie. It is as important to it as Reggie. You have to have some kind of car stunt in a Phantasm movie. And the one in part three where they fucking corkscrew that car, (laughs) that's a fucking car stunt. And right before that, the chick gets shotgunned in the face. In the face. (laughs) And it's rad. It's awesome. So that whole thing, I mean, even if you hated him. (laughs) <laughs> as you know, I hate the looter characters. It's like, yeah, but they get to get sent out, pretty cool. You know, she yeah. did anyway. As a fucking car stunt, I dug it.
0: Yeah, it was cool. I, I like those three. You know, fine it's the the big guy and the lady. I don't really know who they are, like as far as seeing them in other movies, but I always recognize the older guy from *Adventures in Babysitting*. I'm sure he's good. in other stuff, but he's like the drug lord that they're running from in Adventures in Babysitting?
1: I uh, did not remember that at all. I know I've seen him but I didn't remember, didn't know that was one of the things I remember him from.
0: I uh, I watched Adventures in Babysitting many, many times as a kid. So
1: Yeah, you did. Hey, Thank Elizabeth you Elizabeth Shue.
0: And Thor showed up for a minute.
1: He did. He did. <laughs> and the little girl was stoked.
0: Uh, I like how this one kind of like, you know, you, you can never understand what's going on in these movies. That's kind of the part of it. They're just supposed yeah. to be like very. And dream-like. again,
1: that's part of the charm. Yeah. They operate on nightmare slash dream <laughs> logic.
0: Yeah. Right. But they do kind of expand the lore. some. Jody, the the older brother from the first movie is back in this one as uh, one of the spheres, which are like the big other than the tall man. The most iconic thing about these movies is the spheres that
1: which they call them the sentinels, apparently
0: okay i don't think i knew that
1: <laughs> well, they do either in this movie or uh oblivion they call them oh, okay this. so the, uh, like, the characters oh, sure.
0: actually call them that
1: someone does yeah i think mike is thinking about them in one of his little mm-hmm. narrating moments um <laughs> but yes jody is a spear and i want to use that to make a point real quick if i can because you had said that these are kind of all over the place and like i had said before that is kind of part of the charm and it's more so evident in part four because of the budgetary yeah fights there but part of the the, the wonderful thing about phantasm is even if they're only they're shooting with 2.5 million bucks on this one right uh yeah well he's doing a movie that he really needed at least like five ten million dollars to do <laughs> the kind of shit he's trying to do Right, mm-hmm. And that's what I mean. Part of the joy of the Phantasm movies is is the big swings they take. They are fighting way the fuck outside their weight class. You know, they're throwing out ideas that they in no way have the budget to explore. You know what I'm saying? Right. But they do. And it still is entertaining and works and does create this kind of lore, even if you only see so much of it. <laughs> <laughs> they, they talk about it in a way. But the thing about Jody being a sphere... Uh, it's not that I hate
0: it. It's not that I hate it. It's that, that was a legit th- sigh before.
1: <laughs> it's that I think, okay, the Phantasm franchise as a whole is the, Glem- the Gremlins 2 Key and Peele sketch as a movie franchise. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I did. yeah. Because it almost feels like, and, and I'm not uh, casting aspersions on anyone. I'm simply saying what it makes me think of. And yeah, this says a lot about me. I don't give a shit, but it seems to me that Don Coscarelli, it feels like the kind of thing that a dude is like sitting around and he just sparks up a big fat joint and is like, Jody's a fucking spear, man. (laughs) Yeah, 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 we're going to do that. Because it's like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Where? Where? And that's just one of the things that the franchise has done. Well, the move. this one begins, one of them fucking spears pops open and you see what's in it and it's a little brain. Yeah. And oh, that's fucking weird. And then his little hand goes over and the tall man's like, I'm going to caress this with my finger. And he caresses the brain. And you're like, oh, <laughs> that's a little creepy. And that's just the kind of shit that Phantasm does. And we love it for it. Jody's a spear. Okay, let's fucking go. Party time, bitch. <laughs> We're going Phantasm. Get in, loser
0: and this seems like this is the first one maybe they touch on it some in the second one but I think this is the one where they really hone in on like the tall man wants Mike for some reason yeah they never explain why you never really get an idea of what he wants with Mike the whole reason I feel the like tall I man- got
1: close to understanding a couple of times and then I lost it. <laughs> the, I'm they, kidding.
0: Really there's even don't. more of it in the fourth one as far as yeah. that goes. But I don't, yeah. I, uh,
1: <laughs> it doesn't matter. The movies are a vibe, man. It doesn't matter. Right. It really doesn't matter. And that's why I, I think in this day and age they stand as a defiant fuck you to anybody who demands as an audience member, well, the movie isn't good because there's all these plot holes. This thing wasn't explained and this didn't fucking you know make any sense over here this was left dangling that is all the phantasm movies are
0: (laughs) yeah the main character dies at the end of every movie i think so
1: it, or I mean I don't know.
0: That's what well, yeah, they imply.
1: Let's talk about this. Let's go ahead and talk about this because we got to get to it. it is the the end of this movie, and it will go into part four. But what the fuck happens to Tim, Chris?
0: Uh, well, we unless he shows up in Ravager, which he may. I don't remember. It's been a while since so I watched it. I have no idea. Um, he gets they,
1: completely memory holed doesn't he? Like he does not even get mentioned yeah. in part four.
0: Right, they just wanted to recreate that ending from part one, I think, where they had in and goes up in part two,
1: where they get yanked out of the hearse and all that shit. But, yeah. but yeah, it's the he gets the mic ending where yeah. he gets through the window yank. But I guess we're supposed to believe he's still there, like they got him.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> one of I mean? the steers now.
1: Yeah, they got his ass, and fuck well, Tim, I guess. R.I.P. <laughs> hardly knew you. So, okay. Uh, I, I was curious as to what you thought, because... Yeah, I, I,
0: y- you got me. I have no idea.
1: <laughs> and the movies were a few years apart. I think five, six, whatever like that. There was enough yeah, time totally. between three and four. And it's something we see now. I didn't necessarily do it all the time back in the day. I would sometimes rewatch some of the stuff if i was going to go watch a new one mm. but nowadays we all do it like everyone on twitter or wherever before the new franchise uh, yeah. entry comes out you'll always see people going back and re-watching all the other ones i don't know that i rewatched three before i watched phantasm four but when i watched it i never once thought where the fuck is tim right. i never even thought about it i was just like reggie mike Tall man, and then any new characters I might get, or like yeah. Jennifer, you know. And it's like, okay, rewatching them in the same week now. Now I'm like, where the fuck is Tim Don? Where's the boy Don? I feel like fucking, you know, Wallace at the end of the fucking at the wire. Where's the boy, string? Where's and, the boy?
0: Uh, Rocky takes her leave before the the end of the movie. She does. Ends, so. She does.
1: Which was smart because then you didn't have to wonder where the fuck is Rocky. I don't have to ask this nice. Why didn't you give me that with Tim Don? Where's the boy Don? Sorry, I really liked Tim. <laughs> i was yeah.
0: mad he, he made a hell of a a, a frisbee uh-huh. Was, uh-huh. Okay, has dude. great aim with it as well
1: oh, he really dude that shot <laughs> just toss it up moonshot like that hell yeah way to go brother you know magic couldn't do that shit <laughs> uh,
0: i i wanted to also make sure we point out which it made its first appearance i'm pretty sure in phantasm 2 but he's got it in uh, in these sequels as well <laughs> the four barrel shotgun one of the all-timer weapons in horror history it's um, oh, definitely. reggies it's it's,
1: uh, it's it's a quad barrel shotgun dude. and yes. it's, it's been shaped to have like this killer point
0: at the end mm-hmm
1: you know solid off and everything oh my god I,
0: I did watch the first two leading up to watching mm-hmm. these two so I can't remember if it's in two or in three where Reggie unloads the barrels on four dwarves at once that' it's are, two. Okay, <laughs> that's a great
1: shot. It doesn't exist until two. He makes it in part two. Okay. Yeah, he and Mike make it when they're loading up. That's where you get to see James LeGros in the the uh, welder's mask and everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, oh, Mike got out of the institution. He's a fucking blue-collar working <laughs> man. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean I uh, should sure have worked on cars and shit with Jody you know I buy
0: it the other big like action sequence that I really like in this one that has a little bit of the uh practical effects that are so cool is the the tall man's hands getting cut off and then we see them. Um, it's something that similar happens in I think the first phantasm when Mike gets one of the tall man's fingers yeah. cut off and shows it to Jody and then it turns into something that they have to fight off later but in In this one, it's his uh, both of his hands get cut off in a teleportation thing, and turn into these gnarly green lizard-looking puppets that (laughs) attack him. That's really cool.
1: They're very cool. I always love the random shit that Don comes up with in these things. They're it's just God. (laughs) I just I just I do I love the Phantasm movies. I mean, again, I wouldn't call myself a fanatic, but (laughs) these movies rule, man. They're just so much fun.
0: You have any theory? Like we don't really want the answer because. Uh, It would probably make the movies less fun. But (laughs) do you have any idea what the tall man's plans are?
1: I think he just wants to take over the world, turn it all into the what he's done. He just wants to ravage our land, and he's just taking
0: it one small town at a time.
1: Yeah, you know, it's kind of like a uh, you know, for whatever reason, we're a resource, whatever it is we provide to him, Mm -hmm. uh, whether that's just more spheres or what, or food for. His other demon army, whatever <laughs> monster beasties need to eat. But yeah, he's just going to use us until we're all gone and then, you know, go through the dimensional gate to another planet or something. I don't know. Fuck that.
0: I just kind of figured he's here to, to just wipe us out. And, and see, they, they throw in hints in one of the movies that like all of the dwarf creatures that he has under his control are the dead bodies.
1: He, yeah, some of them. That's what I thought all of them were from part two. That's Mm -hmm. the implication I got there, except for the ones that, like, work for him, like, in the mortuaries or whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, who look more like doctors or, like, the one who's wearing, like, a gas mask kind of thing that one time.
0: Yeah, giant chainsaw.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I got the feeling that, yeah, if they weren't doing specific jobs like that, they were the dwarves now in part three it's like oh well maybe some of them become spears then okay like you said they're explain expanding the mythology and the lore but that's that's what i care enough to speculate <laughs> about because i don't really i mean i just mean it's interesting to me it is fun to think about but only so much i only care to speculate so much i have more fun just watching what they show me but i'm really i'm not the kind of fan or geek that has done that anyway you know what i mean i don't sit and ponder about that stuff for a long time and i know people that do and i don't mean that in a shitty way it's just that's not how my that's not how i party with the stuff that's not how i get into it but i know people that would sit and talk for fucking hours about the imagined lore fantastic what they think it means and stuff and hey Fucking get off on it, man.
0: Have yeah, fun. Go for that's what it. these are for.
1: Yeah, but <laughs> me, I just, I think he's trying to take over the world and turn us all into, like, still the best, some of the best shots of it are in part two because, again, he had the budget to really have those empty cemeteries where all mm-hmm. the plots are dug out and everything. Such a cool and haunting image. And then the, the shots of the the ghost towns that he leaves behind. The notion that that's what he wants to do to all of America. Yeah. If he, it would have been cool if Don got a, a, a budget where he could have had to see what what happens when the tall man gets to a big city, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, how does that work? How does that happen? You know, that would have been
0: cool. Well, it's been a while since I watched it, but I think we see some of that in uh in Ravager. So, oh, cool. Uh, all right, cool. I'll show. It's shut really it. hard. It's really hard for me to remember all because it's I've seen it twice, and the last time wasn't even that long ago, maybe two years ago. But yeah. It, We'll talk more about Rapture when we do our rankings.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, re-watching um, these now for for tonight, I, I was like, fuck, man. I hadn't rewatched these in I don't think I've seen part three since at some point in either the late 90s itself or the early 2000s. I know I've seen it more than just that one time uh, in oblivion that I had recorded, like I said. So I watched it multiple times. But it's been a long time. And rewatching these now, I was like, "Man, I can't let it be this long again." You know, I do love these movies; these are this much fun. I'm gonna go back, and we're gonna watch part one and two. Uh, I watched these with my wife, who also loves these, and we just wanted to make sure we did this so I could have it handled, mm-hmm. and, you know, have them rewatched for tonight. But I know we're gonna rewatch one and two over this wonderful month of October in our spooky season, yep. and I. Definitely have to watch Ravager this time. I got to get to it. So it will happen this month. Uh, so in a later episode down the road, listeners, I'll make sure we we talk about it then. What, what I think about it when I get caught up.
0: Sweet, sweet. The only other thing I really had on this one, it was cool to see the Golden Sphere. They switched it up. Like, I think in the first movie, there was only one sphere. Mm-hmm. And then the second one, there were three. And they had different powers a little bit in the second one, too, maybe. And then here in the third one, we get Tall Man's head explodes and we get a golden sphere. So he's always looking to do new stuff with his trademark weapons of choice here. Um, oh, yeah. And that's pretty much all I got, I think, for Phantasm Three. I really like this one. All these, like, again, these movies don't really make any sense, but they're a lot of fun. That's They're super violent and, you know, we get a lot of cool gore and, like, yeah. you know, when that— zombie the zombie chick it's uh, the sphere through the head it's just a perfect circle in her skull as it just flies through and that kind of stuff it's just it's a little wacky but it it uh it's a lot of fun uh, yeah, anything I mean, else they're on, violent
1: anything? and like you said they're gory and they're violent and yeah they don't make any sense but that's they're goofy and they're fun and it's got an all-timer character in reggie they're weird they're unique no other movie would no other person would make these movies this way Only Dawn. And I'm sure that even Phantasm Five, Ravager, when we talk about that, whatever. But (laughs) however people feel about that is however they feel about it. And I know that some people don't like it because it isn't Dawn. And I know that some people do. As as good as it can be and as successful as it can be as being a Phantasm movie. And I know that he co-wrote it and kind of shepherded the project. It's, you know, you need to be full on Dawn. (laughs) You know, I may end up loving that one. But I know these first four are going to be special in a way that that one's not. I may still think that one's special. And I may have to put my foot in my mouth next time we talk about this. And I might be like, you know what? Fuck that. That one's excellent. Deserves to stand right alongside of him. I don't know. But it just feels like it couldn't because they're so Dawn. They're so his movies. And thank God for that. Because that's what I'm saying. I love that his particular blend of weirdness and his sense of humor and apparently you know he's got a little horniness to get out so he created <laughs> reggie and you know hey man do it i i just i love him i love him and as far as part three goes the only thing i want to note before we're done because it's a total western type line to me in my head i love the line where reggie is talking to, to, to tim and trying to tell him he wants him to he wants to go on without him because it's not safe mm-hmm. and he says something about you're just a kid and this is a kid who's lost his whole family to the tall man, the whole town has had to survive against looters and whatever dangers out there with his he guns. Killed a bunch and of people. He's killed a bunch of people <laughs> with his home alone weapons and his razor blade Frisbee. Reggie says something about him being a kid. And he says in this kind of, you know, faux tough ways, like I ain't a kid no more rich. <laughs> and I fucking love that shit. I love it so much. Cause it's so, it's, it's just, it's, just screams western to me, like that kind of vibe, you know. The kid who had to grow up because you know lost his mom and dad in a raid or something. Just had to live hard to survive, and ain't a kid no more. Ain't been a kid for a long time, you know. <laughs> yeah, I love that girl. shit. So yeah, I just wanted. I had to. I had to highlight that line. I love <laughs> shit.
0: Well, let's move to Phantasm Four: Oblivion. Phantasm Four is a 1998 sci-fi horror film written and directed by Don Coscarelli, starring A. Michael Baldwin, Reggie Bannister, Angus Scrimm, and Heidi Marnhout. Oh,
1: uh, yeah, right. Marnhout,
0: yeah. Uh, in this one, Mike investigates the origins of the mysterious tall man while on the run from his enemy who want to enslave him as an undead servant. Reggie, at Jody's request, reluctantly pursues Mike. So, we talked a little earlier about after the third one, Roger Avery, who he co wrote Pulp Fiction, right, with Tarantino?
1: Yeah, and did Killing Zoe and the Rules of Attraction and all kinds yeah. of shit.
0: He wanted to resurrect the franchise as like a theatrical, with a big theatrical release for the fourth movie. And uh, I'm going to cite this book again, Phantasm Exhum, which I, to be clear, I haven't read this book in its entirety. I was just kind of skimming through it in pre- preparation for this. But uh, it, in the chapter on Oblivion, it talks about Avery and his ideas, which says Avery envisioned the United States in post-apocalyptic ruin from a devastating bag plague that caused its victims' heads to swell enormously in burst, raining sharp bone fragments and contaminated blood. Yeah. Reggie sets out to find and rescue his friend Mike Pearson, who's trapped in a quarantine zone of the central United States. Uh, with weaponry and an armored CUDA, Reggie embarks on a one-way mission deep into the tall man's lair of desolation and disease. So, yeah, the I, I don't know if the script ever got leaked, but, like, people knew that Avery had, had done the script and was trying to get a new, a new movie going, and they were really excited or whatever. As I skimmed through some of this stuff about his draft, I know a lot of people were not super, like— it was a big bombastic action movie thing, but a lot of them were like for somebody who loves Phantasm, this wasn't a very phantasm movie. <laughs> like it was kind of just a Reggie in a big action movie, which is cool, but
1: I remember hearing that Bruce Campbell was supposed to be attached as a co star and it sounded like it was more of a Ash kind of thing. And I don't mean Ash the character, I mean Reggie becomes Ash.
0: <laughs> right.
1: In a big bombastic action y thing.
0: Yeah, I would, you know, that would have been cool. I would like to have seen what would have happened with that. Oh yeah, but we we didn't get it. We got a different type of movie, which I I'll actually like. Phantasm Four quite a bit. Um, I
1: love it, honestly. <laughs> uh,
0: Coscarelli. I went back and, and inserted a lot of deleted scenes and, and extra footage from the first movie. So
1: um, much old <laughs> footage.
0: Yeah. And some of it is really, I mean, most of it is really well used in this movie. For, I think they're all done of it a flashback. is. Awesome. They're, yeah, they're known as flashbacks and stuff. And it, it pretty much all works really well.
1: He figured out ways to use it and write it in where it reflects well or is... It has a really good connection to whatever's going on or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he did it. Like, he's got, I've got these pieces. Like, what do I do with it? And he figured out really cool ways to use them, Yeah, I think.
0: And Especially it, like, once,
1: but we'll get to that.
0: Plus, it helps with the budget when 15% of your runtime is just old footage that you're reusing. It
1: feels um, more than that. But, I mean, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I said so much old footage. and. I'm not complaining because it's really cool again how he figures out how to use it because suddenly you're watching, you really are watching these characters years ago in stuff you never saw parts and stories of that were going on that were there was just it, it makes it feel like wow, this kind of there was a lot more of this shit going on than we knew, <laughs> you know, like it was just this crazy time in his life when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. Oh, fucking. That tall guy who keeps coming around and like fucking a boy and trying to take me and my friends, you know, and shit. He's hanging outside my window. Okay, <laughs> it's like what? It's so cool. I I really love how he used it, but it feels like twenty percent <laughs> at least or something.
0: Yeah, I, I don't have a. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how much. Uh, no, I know. I'm, I'm just saying. But it it seems like a pretty hefty amount.
1: And it's still short. The movie is still short, but mm. again, I think this is Don Coscarelli taking shit and creating art because making, making guitar, chicken
0: salad a chicken shit
1: exactly in the other movies the first one i don't even know what the budget for that one was but he's coming out of a three million dollar budget for two and then a 2.5 million budget for three and i know i i mean from what i saw when i looked it up yeah I've this got time it here he had six six hundred and fifty thousand dollars yeah
0: six hundred fifty thousand the first one was three hundred thousand but this one okay. 650 grand after having, you know, $5.5 million over the last two.
1: Yeah, uh, now he's got $650,000. And yeah, so yes, he took the money he had and maybe he needed some old footage to have a feature length <laughs> film. <laughs> but he did it in a really smart way and he used the money he had. I did not notice, even this time, I never thought about it before because of the way it starts. There's almost no mausoleum footage in this movie, yeah, and that was all of it is in the desert
0: because, yeah, pretty yeah. Cheap. and so much of the the previous movies are it's all in mausoleums and, and yeah. cemeteries and stuff. Yeah,
1: that whole locale is not. A, I'm not going to be like it's a character and it's not that, but it is where they're set. Mm-hmm. That's just the place. Lots of hallways where the spheres can <laughs> do their thing. So this one clearly had its
0: limitations, but
1: I don't know, man. I I kind of like this one better than three in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah. You know, I, um, when I was rewatching these for this, when I watched the third Phantasm, I, I watched the, uh, the Joe Bob version on the last drive in. Oh, right. And I started to watch four and his introduction into that one. He, he just says like that four is his favorite, even among, even above the first one. Really? And, then, and I don't, I think, it's not uh, you know as highly ranked for me but it is really good mm-hmm. and it's it feels more like maybe it's because of the footage from the first movie being you know in this one but this feels more like the first one than in any of the, any of the others to me
1: yeah and I think again I haven't seen ravager but it in some ways it feels like it is a perfect ending for the series to me mm-hmm. and because I don't think we're talking to anybody listening right now that hasn't watched these movies
0: right um, i hope not because they're <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> how
1: you even <laughs> fucking understand any of what we're talking about really because right. i mean christ we just discussed how we don't really know what the fuck is going on in these movies anyway how do you understand how we're talking about them? there's something about this one that has a real almost sad feeling to it oh, yeah. that makes me it, like a but not necessarily sad somber maybe it's a somber vibe to it like a like a goodbye and the way it, it, the way it ends with the old footage and them just driving off into the dark, it kind of does make me wistful and sad. And, like, <laughs> it, you know, like, you, you're saying goodbye to something, or, I don't know, it was really... And I remember feeling that when I first saw it. I was like, wow, is this sad? Like, is there something about this that's making me, like, feel emotional? Mm-hmm. Like, about Phantasm and stuff, like, <laughs> as a whole entity and as a vibe? And it just... And I still felt that rewatching it now, it's it, there's something to it. As low budget as it is, as hardscrabble as the making of it was, as patchwork as the movie is with the old footage, there's a there's a a real beaten heart to this one. And and it's fun because, and I don't know if this is part of why Joe Bob loves it, but they're all in their own way episodic. This is rewatching it this time is the one that I realized. You could make a fucking hell of a good time out of a Phantasm TV show because it's all just, and then this happens, and then this (laughs) happens, and then this happens. And you're just jumping around. It's like a little scene. It might be two minutes. It might be 20 in this little place, and this little shit is going down. Like the scene with the cop, the trooper.
0: Yeah. Yeah that was rad <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a classic horror uh fist fight it's it's not it's not they live level no. if we consider they live a horror movie some people probably do some people probably don't but um but yeah Reggie versus the demon cop or whatever that thing is that, that's a lot of fun I, I really like that.
1: And again, it's part of Don understanding, I think, or just Don loving the same stuff we do because he's he's a fan like we are. The action movie moment of Reggie being throttled by the cop who's sprawled across the top of the car, and he gets to blast him through the car because he can't get the shotgun out. But (laughs) even in the rack, he can still fire it off, right? Yeah. And then he cocks it again and keeps firing it, and that's that's the extra touch that means so much. That's the true action movie lover fan that gives Reggie. His little action movie, his little action hero moment, you know, yeah. and he's got a few of those. Like I was talking about over-the-shoulder shit, the scene where he fires through all four of them down the stairs. And It's this, the, the the angle and the shot of it ripping through him in slow-mo, and it's like, yeah!
0: And Reggie also true. has kind of, uh in, in these two specifically, he's kind of, as he gets a little closer to Ash Williams, where he, yeah. uh, you know, he gets the goo in the mouth, you know, and uh, I think he gets it from uh, the nurse in part three. And then from the cop, after he blows his guts out, the cop, you know,
1: like this, full
0: on, who's yeah, his like, right into Reggie's mouth. <laughs>
1: he could not have gotten any more in there. If Reggie had like opened up and been like, give me all you got," and tried to catch it all. Cause it all got, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying not to laugh. Cause it, it's, it's funny to me, you know, and he, I don't get the sense—I know what you mean about Ash, and Reggie definitely goes through it in all the movies. Well, more from 2-1, you know, and he does get more Ash-like. But I never got the sense that Dawn had the feeling about Reggie that Sam has right. Bruce, which is one of Sam Raimi's great pleasures in life—it might be his greatest pleasure in life—is tormenting— and harming causing actual <laughs> physical harm to bruce campbell he 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 loves to hurt that guy <laughs> and i mean that literally anyone who's listening look that shit up yeah they've Listen both been the interviews about it
0: on the, <laughs> the evil dead commentaries are among the greatest mm. ever true is, is i'm concerned and yeah there's a lot of info on there about how much About Sam gleefully reminiscing about torturing Bruce and Bruce talking about how much Sam loved it. How
1: much Sam loved it when it happened and loves talking about it and remembering it now. (laughs) It's a very nostalgic thing for him. (laughs) Like, his movies are for us. That's how he thinks about, oh, I know how you love Evil Dead when you saw it when you were a kid. Around that time, I was hurting Bruce. I look back at it the same way. (laughs) Anyway, I never got that sense that Don loved to hurt Reggie that way. No. But Reggie does get it a little bit and the whole yellow blood shit that they have <laughs> it uh it gets a little messy in this one and that's great
0: we, we talked earlier about the small cast for this one it's basically yes. just
1: the demon know, reggie
0: michael jody and the tall man and then we luckily we get jennifer shows up for a little while so we get Horny is- again
1: that is exactly what I was going to say. I like Jennifer. I like Harley. Uh, Harley. I think her name is Heidi Marnow. And she also has a very small part in Bubba Hotep. Yeah. The demon cop has a part in Bubba Hotep. It's a little bigger because he's Bubba Hotep.
0: Yeah, he's the actual Yeah,
1: he's the stuntman. Yeah. They love to set that fucker on fire. Maybe they like to hurt him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I like her. And I, like you said, she shows up, and Horn Dog Reggie gets to do his Horn Dog thing, and they've got a cool little effect for her. Where oh yeah, you think Reggie? You know, Reggie thinks he's gonna you know <laughs> get some goodness. Play. I'm
0: not sure. Like you, this part, the part where you're talking about uh, iconic sphere tits. Yes. What does he thinks going on there underneath that shirt? Is <laughs> what I'm I don't, curious about. Yeah,
1: I don't. I think I, I don't know. You know, I think <laughs> I think he does know that it can't. It's not going to go well. Yeah, it can't be good. You no, know, he's not going it, to – it's not going to have a and kind of situation. <laughs> nothing nothing good is going to happen. But his horniness will not allow him to be negative about the possibility of getting in there. <laughs>
0: Until you know? he knows absolutely for certain. Exactly.
1: So he's going to open that shirt up. You know what I mean? The possibility is just too great. I, I guess that's what it is. You know, that's that's why Reggie keeps going because at heart, he's a hopeful soul. That's a beautiful thing. We can't knock it. <laughs> even, even if really the vehicle – that brings it to our heart is her tits, um, and the spheres with which are <laughs> lasering our eyeballs like oh my god my eyes my eyes.
0: <laughs> that's the the worst Reggie I think ever gets it with the spheres because he he gets his hand pinned to the wall and whatnot. But yeah, he gets the best of them.
1: He does. He does indeed. As Reggie tends to do. And speaking of Reggie being the action hero badass that he is, it's so awesome! It's so awesome. He gets his uniform back on.
2: Right. Yeah. The ice
1: cream. Yep. He, he gets geared up, bro. <laughs> Just like he does in the first movie, the fucking black bow tie, the string tie mm-hmm. deal.
0: It's like that's his fatigues. He's got yeah. to ready for battle.
1: And he's still got a fucking leather black vest. Black leather <laughs> vest. Like a pimp. It's awesome. I, you know, I, I, I was so happy to say I'd forgotten that that was in the movie and rewatching it this time. I was like, Yes!
0: <laughs> uh, i like the uh the vision of mike as a tall as the tall man that we get i think that's reggie's dream sequence right yeah where he sees I that i
1: think the idea i you i was saying that i i think i got there or got close for a little bit i thought the tall man wanted to put mike in tim mm. like mike's consciousness in tim's body and yeah. let, and raise mike you know because mm. mike's already older yeah and, uh, raise him, you know, as his acolyte or whatever. And then in in yeah. 4, I was wondering if maybe he wanted Mike to replace him. And that was the plan the whole time.
0: Yeah. But again... Here's the problem. I was, thinking way too
1: much about it. But that's the thing. Again, I was never way too sure about any of it. So that's about as far right. as I got with it. I was like, is that? And I was like, I don't know. And then I kept watching, (laughs) and and whatever happened just took my attention away from whatever I might have been thinking, which is why Phantasm works, because even if you're confused about what the fuck is going on, you're like, I don't understand what just – oh, wait, did that guy's hand just fucking start trying to fucking – wait, what? And then you're watching something amazing and weird, or (laughs) is that dude trying to fuck that chick again again? You know she ain't going to let him do it. Oh, my God, her tits are spheres. <laughs> you know, you don't have much time to worry about what you do or don't understand because there's usually something that's worth watching.
0: Yeah, right around the corner, there's something crazy going on.
1: Yeah, and it will just sweep you along, narratively speaking, because people want to talk about the narrative problems these have. It's like, yeah, but no, <laughs> <laughs> because the whole point is to just make you keep watch, keep watching, right? It's it make you watch. I can't imagine getting bored watching a fantastic <laughs> movie. I just can't. I just can't. Yeah, that.
0: I don't know if I've ever actually referenced this before or, or not, but it's it's actually a reference toward, I think it was Airwolf. One of the producers of Airwolf, uh, and he was talking in the context of the 24 TV show.
2: Uh-huh. And
0: he, he, he referenced a review because he worked on both. And he referenced a review he got for Airwolf. And the review cited, uh, you know, it's not good, but it's never boring. And he took that as a badge of honor. <laughs> like Mm -hmm. hey as long as it's not boring that's then i've accomplished my goal that's kind of how i feel about these movies and i think they're good like obviously but
1: yeah i mean
0: if they don't make sense that's fine with me
1: (laughs) they have way too many positives there's way too many things to admire and respect and geek out about watching them and to to use them to try to recommend them to others like to say this is really good or this is really interesting there's just too much of that to say they're bad like i can i could hang with them not being your thing because these movies are fucking ridiculous (laughs) these movies are nuts okay not for everybody no and if you're if you just can't go down this road hey i understand (laughs) but if you want to tell me these movies are bad I'm, I'm. I'll argue with you. With you on that any day of the week. Come at me, cause I'll shred your shit. I'm sorry. These movies have way too much quality, dude. Yeah. As low budget as they are, as hampered as they are, but whatever you want to talk about, resources or level of actors or what, what <laughs> the fuck ever. They're they're just good. They just are. They just are. And I'm not saying this like I'm trying to create some kind of controversy. Like, are we really arguing that Phantasm is bad in 2023? No, but I mean. You still will find some people that will be like, those movies are just awful. No.
0: Never got into those.
1: You just suck. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs)
0: Uh, This one, again, they kind of expand the lore a little bit more um, without giving too much of an idea of what's really going on. Uh, You kind of see where the tall man comes from, which I think is a really one of the coolest aspects of this one. Yeah. Because it, it appears the tall man is a Civil War era medic. Uh-huh. or mortician i guess also who right. is also a scientist who Absolutely. created this so, portal
1: who's yeah. an experimenting scientist
0: got and this- i really love jody and mike are kind of going back in time to see this vision of, of how he created this portal to another dimension and goes through it and mike asks when will he be back and jody just says that Jebediah Morningside, which is his name, never did come back. And then the tall man walks through with a sphere and everything. So like, clearly he went to some other dimension and was possessed. And uh-huh. uh, So that kind of gives you an idea of what the tall man is. You've always kind of known he was like this alien, but now you kind of see that he was at one, this, this version, this human carcass was at one time a human being. It's
1: the uh, opening scene of Hellraiser
0: 2. Yeah, there you go.
1: And it's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> like you said, the first time I saw it, it i was like this is the coolest fucking thing and i know that some people are like i don't fucking want to know where darth vader came from you know from the prequels it started then you know i don't give a shit what he was like when he was a kid fine whatever some people don't like that kind of thing but i think most of us horror fans really dug this you know much like hellraiser 2 because there's just enough of it there and it's interesting to see angus play something different you know because that guy's so different he's so kind and and apparently that's more of what angus was that was closer to who he really was as a person, mm-hmm. apparently. Apparently just a very kind man. I love that he introduces himself and he's like, I'm Morning Morningside. I was like, yeah, of course it is. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Morning side. Yeah,
0: that. that's the name of the uh cemetery version. first
1: yeah. Yeah. I just I was like, yes. <laughs> yes. It was just so cool. And of course he's the fucking guy that created the thing. And the what do they call him? The dimensional gates
0: Sure. I don't, I don't really remember. But the yeah, tuning fork has shit to
1: do with it mean. and all that, I guess. I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's a cool angle that they kind of introduce in this one is the tuning forks kind of fuck yeah. with the tall man and all the spheres and stuff.
1: But isn't that there in the first one, too? It like, might be. Not what they do, but I mean, the tuning fork is in the movie. Not that it's like because, some kind of know, special key or
0: anything. Yeah, Reggie and Jody are, are in a band, so they're, yeah. you know.
1: I think it's a. It's a, There's a scene where they're on the porch. It might be the scene where they have that kick-ass song.
0: Mm-hmm. That's hot,
1: hot as love, you know. That <laughs> fucking song, dude. I lo- and that. I mean, we all love it. We all love it. <laughs> anyway, anyway. I'm sorry. I got carried away there. Um.
0: <laughs> but this one, much like all the others, this one ends kind of. This is kind of open-ended, <laughs> you know, with the ending. But it doesn't have the big shocker ending that a lot no. of, them, or like all the others, really have.
1: And maybe that's why it feels more somber because it, it goes out more, I don't want to say like thoughtfully or anything, but you know, again, it's almost like this wistful kind of bittersweet, you know, I don't know, man. It, but it, it <laughs> and again, it seems stupid to say, but it strikes me as it, it, it's powerful to me. Yeah. It was just like, wow, there's like weight to it somehow. To me. And the way it goes out. Like again, it's open ended and they're chasing or being chased or someone is fucking taken or not or what you know, it's one of it's the typical between phantasm movies shit. Someone needs to be saved and someone's doing saving <laughs> and the tall man is always being tall man bullshit. But then it goes to them when they're younger. And I don't know what yeah. context that could have been in the in the original filming of that scene. Right. Yeah, because uh, they
0: mix in some of the sound from the part four in with this footage of uh, from the original that was a, that was deleted yeah. of Reggie and Mike riding around in in his ice cream truck.
1: Like they say, so like Mike is speaking and like Reggie hears it in the past and looks over at Mike and then then I think someone else says something else and they're like looking at each other and then Reggie asks, "Did you hear that?" And Mike says, "Like it's just the wind or something like that." And then that's the end as they drive off into the dark. But I wonder what it was he had them responding to. It right, was and that like a dream. Footage. Yeah, and I wonder was that like a dream thing or whatever. Because there's no way that he's like, okay, I'm going to film this and I'm going to keep it <laughs> in the can because fucking 20 fucking years from now, we're going to, mm, there's none of that. But it did work perfectly to give it that. There's just, it's just got a feeling at the end. And God, how good I am at the whole talking and explaining thing. There's a feeling. <laughs> There's a, there's a feeling, dude.
0: No, I, I really like this. Uh, it's kind of a perfect ending to the Phantasm franchise. It ends with, you know, Reggie going after the tall man, and yeah. seemingly Mike and Jody are both dead. Or
1: Mike is dying. Yeah. yeah,
0: I mean, the, the tall man had taken the sphere out of his head, so I yeah. guess Mike is still alive in the sphere, maybe somewhere. But,
1: but I know Reggie is like,
0: you know, just he's chill kind out. Of laying there.
1: Reggie is basically telling him, just like, chill out and wait here. I'm going to go take care of this i'm gonna come back and save you or or whatever again it's the typical phantasm ending someone needs saving and someone (laughs) someone's chasing the tall man or running from the tall man whatever it's all the same it's never over and that's that's what i think is what he was trying to say and i i kind of do wish this was the ending and i i do hope i love ravager i'm totally going in with an open mind i do not want to hate it even though i think this is a perfect ending because do you know the dark tower
0: I know what it is. I've read the first book. I haven't read okay, it. Well, we I've seen see, the crappy movie.
1: God damn it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wish you had like a better representation.
0: I'm gonna read them, but I have only read the first one so far. The
1: first book for me they become really what they are from the second book on. So yes. it kind of sucks that the first one in the movie is what your impression of that first <laughs> is. Anyway, my point of of this I kind of like the idea that that's always what it's going to be. Either the tall man is going to be chasing them, or they're always going to be chasing him. Yeah. Or the tall man will have Reggie, and Mike is trying to save him. Or the tall man is after Mike, and Reggie is trying to save Mike. Whatever the fuck. Or Reggie and Mike are running from the tall man like they are into two. You know, or whatever. It's all... It, it, the, the notion that it would all just go on forever... <laughs> yeah in some alternate reality they're always chasing each other through these portals i like that idea so reggie going through after him at the end of this one just kind of feels like well hell yeah man
0: yeah seems appropriate
1: yeah you go get that fucker <laughs> you save mike mike you there on the ground dude just hang tight <laughs> Hang don't tight. Die. don't die fucker
0: Well, that's pretty much all I got for Phantasm 4. Anything else unsaid before we do some uh, Phantasm rankings,
1: Some rankage. I love the way that Oblivion sits right underneath Phantasm in the title of the movie on screen and on the box and all (laughs) that shit. And the IV in the middle of Oblivion is highlighted and enlarged. So you can see Phantasm 4, even though the actual title of the movie is just Phantasm Oblivion, I think, like on screen. But then the IV comes out and you're like, yeah! (laughs) i I don't know why again it's the things that please me it it makes me really happy that they did that uh so no that's about it that's about my thoughts on it uh (laughs) please watch them if you haven't three is awesome four is awesome i think i like four more but again we'll we'll get into that in the rankings but they're both so much fun and uh, i'm definitely not going to wait as long as i did for these two (laughs) i know i've rewatched one and two way more again i watch those pretty regularly um are you gonna make sure you throw these into the regular rotation sir
0: well, I mean, I just watched them all in the last week. Well, uh, yeah, I weeks. mean, I don't mean so, to watch. Them. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to watch them again uh, this October, but yeah, I watch them. I would say I probably Will you watch
1: them f- next year.
0: Most likely, I probably uh, watch well, them every, every couple years. <laughs> yeah, every couple of years, I'll throw them on. So I see them I pretty frequently. Yeah, first I do Watching them, them was them the late them. '90s, and since then, I've pretty regularly. I'll throw them on and watch them.
1: I'm that way with the first two, but I'm. I definitely want to put three and four in that level of rotation. I don't want to go more in a couple of years. They're really
0: strong for direct-to-video horror flicks from the 90s, too. Uh, Low-budget
1: bullshit direct yeah, horror videos. I mean, direct-to-video there's horror.
0: There's plenty of... Yeah, there's plenty of good ones. I'm not trying to put that as a genre, put it down. But these are really strong examples of it.
1: Oh, I'll go ahead and say a lot of that is
0: shit. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. It,
1: because it is. There's, But, of <laughs> course, there's definitely some gems. And these are. These definitely are. I still don't know how I feel about five, and we'll get to that. All
0: right. Well, let's uh, rank these sons of bitches. Sons of bitches. I'll let you go first. You said you got an easy ranking. Let's see it.
1: Yeah. One, two, four, three. One, two, four,
0: three.
1: And then probably five. Right, uh, well. I mean, I doubt I'll love five more than I do three, but I might. I don't know. The first one like I said is just the purest phantasm experience. It's just there's still nothing like it. The other ones get crazier as as they go on. Right. But the first one is just I just think it's the purest expression of what a phantasm movie is. Yeah.
0: And it's closer to a like a straight horror movie whereas the others are all kind of like horror with a lot of action and stuff in it.
1: Yeah. And they're also I think way more dependent on having or being familiar with the series, even though the second one does a lot of work catching you up and trying to be a standalone. I know universal was real adamant that people who hadn't seen the first one would be able to enjoy it. And I'm sure you can. So I guess it's really from two on and they always recap them in three and four, but still, you know, if you showed fucking part four to someone who hadn't seen any of the fantastic movies, how much they, then again, they are all, that's what I'm saying. They're always entertaining and always watchable. And We they might have about as much idea what's going on as we did, having (laughs) seen none of the other ones. So hey, who fucking knows? Go watch Phantasm Four for the first time, guys. (laughs) And then go back to one and then do three and then do two and then do Ravager. Anyway, the first one is the purest. The second one, I just love it. It's just so much fun. It looks great. There's so much cool effects, even though I know it's chopped a little bit, especially that the the spear draining of the priest. Mm -hmm. You know, you can really tell that should go on more than it does, but I just love it. And then, like we've been talking about four, there's just something special about it, and it does feel like a perfect culmination of the series. And then 3 is just a blast. I love every single one of them. Just because 3 is the bottom of my rankings doesn't mean I don't like it. It's just the one I like the least. That said, I love every single one of them, and goddamn, dude, I'm really glad, really, really, really glad that you said you wanted to do these Phantasm <laughs> movies for October this year because I can't guarantee I would have gone back and watched 3 and 4 and now I know that I want to keep doing that at least every couple <laughs> years. It's just, they're so, they're just so much fucking fun. Thank you, Don Coscarelli. There's almost no chance you'll ever hear me say this, but I fucking love you, dude. Thank you. <laughs> God, for giving us these movies, They're they're so unique and so special. Like I said, there's nothing like these. There's nothing like these. They're fucking weird (laughs) and you know
0: unlike a lot of other horror franchises like there's not even like rip offs of these (laughs) which maybe that has it's maybe it's because they weren't super successful outside of maybe the first one which is a surprise hit i guess but yeah yeah nobody's ripping this off
1: (laughs) no i think if anything it just inspired people to go do their own nutty shit you know, and they might be like, "Well, what's something cool like the sphere?" And then they try to come up with something. But yeah, it's just so singular because, again, it's dawn. I don't think you can rip it off. I think if anyone ever sat down, I mean, maybe that's why we haven't seen it because everyone who ever sat down and tried was like, "At some point, we just can't fucking do this. Let's give up." Okay, I don't know. Man. Well,
0: some people would say, I guess, that they kind of they kind of tried to rip off the Tall Man and what was it, Guys three that had yeah. the priest guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but outside of that, yeah. Um, oh, anyway, my, my, uh, my rankings are a little different, but not too far off from, from what you got. I yeah. do have Fantas- and I, Now, I do think Phantasm is probably the best of these movies, but my favorite is Phantasm 2. Yeah, I get that. Uh, because it has more money. He had more money to work with, get more cool gore effects like that. Yeah. You know, the tall man's eyes exploding out of his skull, just chef's kiss. The,
1: the, <laughs> uh, the spear stuck in the guy's mouth and then suddenly wearing the life the, the uh-huh, yeah. going through the other guy yeah man i mean for years that was my favorite
0: and that's know? the one where reggie really comes into his own as what he is for the rest of the franchise you know yeah but uh but i love again you know, i like i like all of these movies a lot um so you got phantasm part two is- and
1: number one you fucking you madman you i love it
0: <laughs> so, so yeah i've got t- phantasm two number two is phantasm the original you know can't can't hardly beat it except for you know put it at number two (laughs) but uh the the more horror centric of all these movies i got number three as phantasm for oblivion you also had i like it a lot i like the way it evokes the first one uh, not just with the not just with the footage but also with the feel of the movie i think it, it's a lot like the first one and then i've got phantasm 3 lord of the dead we talked uh, about these two at length so and then i've got phantasm ravager in the last place and i'm not going to talk a lot about it because uh you haven't seen it a lot of people probably haven't seen it even that are fans of the franchise like you said, because some people are probably stubborn, and you know, hey, Don Coscarelli didn't do it, so I think Phantasm The Ravager* is good. I believe it started out as a web series. I think the guy who made it was doing it independently, and then Coscarelli—he reached out to Coscarelli to kind of let him know what he was doing and show him what he could do. And Coscarelli was like, "Yeah, these are great. Let's make a movie out of it." And that's kind of, I think, how it became a movie. Don't hold me to that. You know, I don't know if I have all my details correct on that exactly, but it was something like that. But yeah, he he th- he was uh, Costnerly was behind it and let the guy I forget his name, but they, he let him finish the movie and uh,
1: David Hartman, I think. What, what was his name? Uh, David Hartman, I think. Let me. Uh,
0: but yeah, it brings back all the the characters. Yeah. Even Rocky shows up and maybe Tim. I'm not 100% sure on that. There are some new characters. Angus Scrim is back as the tall man. And it's, you know, it's clearly got budgetary constraints on it as well. But it's overall, it's a good flick. I believe, um what is that guy's name from, uh, he played who uh, Daniel Roebuck. I believe Daniel Roebuck oh. is in there.
1: Oh, um, yeah. He's another one of Coscarelli's regulars now. He's in Baba yeah. Hotab, He's in uh, John Dies at the End. Yeah, mm-hmm. he shows up a
0: lot. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's worth seeing if, if you haven't gotten it. It's on Peacock.
1: Easily, oh, yeah. I saw accessible. that. It's on the uh, list.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's my five. Great, great series. Horror fans you know again like anybody who's listened to this has probably seen these movies but uh if you haven't we haven't really spoiled anything (laughs) it's it's, even though we've given you a lot of details these movies kind of have to be seen to be to be believed
1: (laughs) you know something i didn't mention that i was thinking when i saw the remastered version of the first phantasm especially in the mausoleum scenes uh early on in the movie noticing the depth of color and stuff that earlier versions of the movie I saw never had, and the way the the marble of the the crypts and whatnot looked, you know, and all that. It really jumped out at me. I was like, I have no idea how influenced he was or wasn't. But being able to see some of the beauty in it, even in his low... Even with the low budget, there's some really beautiful-looking stuff in that first Phantasm. And it evokes the feeling of Italian horror. You know, the locations and then some of the shots out with the trees at night. And then just the whole dream logic sense where you're not quite sure what's going on and it doesn't necessarily make sense to you, but you understand the feeling of it. And it's kind of freaking you out right now. That's There's kind of that vibe. And I was like, holy fuck, I wonder... If Don Coscarelli was doing like an Americanized take on the shit the Italians were doing, like how mm-hmm. much influence he took from that. I don't know if he did at all, but it did make me think of that. Yeah. And that's always cool. You know, it's always cool when you can obviously you can bring whatever you want to the shit. I remember seeing someone say that you can make an argument that the first phantasm is about is all really in Mike's head and is him trying to. Process the fact that his old, his beloved older brother died. Yeah, in a car accident. And so, I mean, you could you could extrapolate that down the movies and be like, you know, part four is you know Mike has a, a tumor in his head and Reggie's this this is uh-huh. Reggie coming to terms with his friend dying. And maybe at the end, Mike did die, and Reggie's like, no, 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 I'm not going to let you die. I'm going to go fight this evil. And it's just him just not being able to accept it. So, I mean, when you can do that kind of shit with this kind of batshit, bonkers, horror movie (laughs) nonsense, there's something to it, I think. I don't necessarily... I'm not even trying to say any of that has any... That 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 is what it is. But I'm saying that you could could make arguments that it is a metaphor for all that
0: stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's whatever... Whether Coscarelli intended that or not if that's what you take from it
1: yeah and what I mean to say is that there's more going when you can have those kind of conversations even if the ultimate conclusion you reach is that no I don't think these are a metaphor for that the fact that it brings up that kind of conversation in the first place means there's a little bit more going on to it than just stabby stabby oh monster bullshit and I think that's Don there's more to Don than I think people outside the horror genre give credit for we know that he's a real one Don real as fuck <laughs> Shit. I will be rewatching Do- John Dies at the end. I already rewatched Bubba Hotep. We did that between three and four. Not all in one day. Yeah. We actually uh we did you know three and Bubba Hotep last weekend. And let me tell you what, not a bad weekend.
0: <laughs> yeah, Coscarelli's got some uh some good ones. I've only seen John Dies at the end once, but I've been intending to rewatch it for a while so maybe they'll get that done soon
1: god i um, love that fucking
0: movie <laughs> i actually um i forget the name i think maybe true indie is the name of his autobiography um,
1: uh sounds right
0: and i listened to that on on audiobook a couple of years ago it's it's pretty interesting and he's he had a really cool career i don't know that it's necessarily over with yet he hasn't made a movie in a while but
1: um, i think it was john dies at the end that was probably fucking over 10 years ago i think
0: um, uh, but yeah no, I, 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 no, uh, do what
1: I said, now I'm sad.
0: <laughs> but yeah, Bubba Hotep is uh, is a trip. That's, that's one I oh, really love. Never quite got the sequel he wanted to, to make from that, but uh, glad we got, at least got the first one. One other thing.
1: Magical movie. Mm-hmm. Bubba Hotep is a miracle to me. That movie should not fucking be what it is. <laughs> it's an amazing. I, I would call that movie a work of art. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. <laughs> I will fight you on that too.
0: Based it, off. Uh,
1: a Joe Lansdale short story. It, it, for anyone who hasn't seen Bubba Hotep, allow me to sum it up. I can do it in just a second. Bubba Hotep is about Elvis, who is not dead. An elderly Elvis Presley in a nursing home in East Texas, who, along with the help of JFK, also alive and black, they team up to fight off a soul-sucking mummy that has targeted the fellow residents of the Shady Rest nursing home. That's That's the movie. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> Bruce Campbell plays Elvis, the great Aussie Davis, the guy who marched with Malcolm, I not Malcolm Martin with the king and all that shit, Aussie Davis, the great. He's JFK. Aussie, I repeat, Aussie Davis is JFK. <laughs> Bruce Campbell is Elvis Presley. They think he's Sebastian Huff, Elvis impersonator, but no. He's the king, baby. And it's God, I love that fucking movie so much. And it's, Reggie shows up. Of course he does. And Daniel Roebuck. (laughs) It's so good, Chris. It's so good. Great.
0: Yeah. I um, think I've seen, I think I've only seen Bubba ho Chip three times. You need to see it (laughs) more. And two of them were theatrical experience. I saw it in theaters. It came to the. uh, I hate you. It came to the local art house back when it was released initially. So I was able to watch it there because it didn't get a wide release, but uh, I was able to watch it there. And um,
1: I was in Central California when that came out and it came, it was nowhere near me.
0: Really? Yeah. So
1: you, you glorious, <laughs> and, uh, magnificent – My brother gave aspect. me
0: the DVD for Christmas uh, either that year or the next year. And um, and then maybe 2017, 2016, somewhere around there, I went to Wizard World in Chicago, and Bruce Campbell was there, and he hosted a screening of it at a local theater. So Okay, you know.
1: so now I officially hate you.
0: <laughs> and I can't remember if Don was there or not. I don't think he was. I think it was just Bruce.
1: You Um, better not have been there, dude. (laughs) I already officially hate you. Like, if Dawn was there, we'll have to register it and shit.
0: I'll make it even worse. Uh, (laughs) I know he was there for a Phantasm panel that I went to at a horror con around the same time. Probably uh, probably within a year of that screening. And it was before Ravager came out. But... um, and Angus Scrim was supposed to be there. It was pretty much the whole cast. Reggie was there. Michael a. Ball, or a Michael Ball, whatever. Whatever. And uh, Angus Scrim was not able to attend because he got sick. But Coscarelli called him on his cell phone, put him on speaker, and and let him talk to the crowd for for a little bit, which was cool. Uh, and I believe Scrim died probably a couple months after that. Sadly, but he he had a good run. He was he was around for a while.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I mean I'm your friend. I'm your good friend. I care about you. <laughs> Like, I really do. I care about your well-being and all of that. And I, I'm i really happy that you experienced that. Because now you get to have that for the rest of your life. And you get to think about it and look back and go, man, that was fucking awesome. And I'm really stoked that you have that as your friend. But as a fan of all those people and those things, yes, I will be officially registering my hate for you uh, with whatever local entity handles those things. Um, I guess I need to contact a notary. I don't know. I'll figure it out. You're You're, you're going to be contacted one more or the other. I'll,
0: I'll wait for the paperwork
1: <laughs> that's that's what i'm saying good good on you chris good job i'm really <laughs> um, happy
0: for you What other
1: thing
0: one other thing about reggie uh banister you know in phantasm ravager you know so part of the plot revolves around him being in a nursing home uh suffering from like dementia and stuff and unfortunately that's something that he's dealing with in real life now Fuck. he's he's getting older i don't have his Age in front of me, but I, I do remember within the last couple years hearing that um his wife kind of revealed that, you know, he's uh, struggling with that as he's getting older. So that sucks. That's like a terrible thing for anybody to have to go through, but we love Reggie Bannister here. Not any skeletons in the closet that I know of. So hopefully nothing that I'm not aware of, but yeah, he, he's great. Every interview yeah, loved, I've ever seen with him, it. he's, yeah, he super loves, seems to love the Phantasm fans and, and being a part of these movies. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I got, I guess. Uh, love Phantasm, love the franchise, love Reggie, love Don, love Angus Scrim,
1: Hell yes. and all the others. Rest in power, sir. Mm. Yeah, that's sad to hear about Reggie. I didn't know that, cause yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a horrible, horrible thing. And all the best thoughts and prayers, obviously, as weak as that is, but just to say we're thinking about his family and him, obviously, that does suck. I didn't know that, but he's an icon, man. Mm-hmm. Fuck, he's. He's Reggie. He's hot as love. He is, and he always will be. And fuck, thanks for the movies, Reg. Mm-hmm. God.
0: Uh, before we roll out, anything you've seen recently you want to shout out? I know it's, it's. Uh, you know, we're recording this basically as October rolled in on <laughs> the first, but I know you start early on your, obviously we both watch horror shit pretty much all year round, but I always gear up in September You really October, get so. into it, Yeah. So what have you been which watching
1: is cool, lately? Which was cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've been doing horror stuff. Started off with just the whole witch vibe for my wife. To start with, Practical Magic. You know, that's not exactly a horror movie, but she loves it, and it helps get her into the vibe every year. You know, we're going to do Hocus Pocus at some point. You know, mm-hmm. got to. But with the witch Help. stuff, we went for some older stuff. These were both. I guess the guy who created Bewitched was had both of these movies mm-hmm. on his mind. There is uh, one... Uh, I Married a Witch with Veronica Lake, and then Bell Book and Candle with Kim Novak and Jimmy Stewart. Frederick March is the co lead in I Married a Witch, but really that movie is all about Veronica fucking Lake. And they are, again, not horror movies at all, but they're about witches and they're light and funny and kind of clever and kind of cool and like special effects of the time, you know, the 40s, 50s, yeah. whatever. But in each case, Veronica Lake in one and Kim Novak in the other, wonderful turns by each lady. I, I love them both in those movies, and so those were just as much for me <laughs> as they were my <laughs> wife. Yeah. And we did the craft because the Criterion channel has decided they're going to be awesome, and in September did an like a high school horror thing, mm-hmm. and last year in October they did an 80s movie collection, this year they're doing a 90s movie collection, nice. so starting tomorrow we'll have access to that, but their high school horror collection had the craft in it, so, of course, going to keep in the witchery theme for that. And then we also dipped into that uh, 90s collection with the faculty. What do you think about oh, yeah. the faculty? I assume you love that.
0: I do like it. I was going to act. You were a kid,
1: right? Like what, a, a teen? Like 13, 14? out. Yeah, I was, when that was out?
0: 18 when it came out. Oh, 18. shit.
1: My bad, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but I yeah, I it. like the faculty. I have only seen it. Man, it's been a while. I, uh, but I watched it a bunch as, as a teenager. I saw it in theaters, you know, I had a, a VHS copy of it from Hollywood Video or wherever and yeah, I watched it several times as a teenager and really liked it. It was probably my first Robert Rodriguez movie. I don't think I'd seen Dust Till oh. Dawn until okay. after that, so cool. I, I, it's, you know, actually, I did see part of From Dust Till Dawn because one of the teachers at my school rented it with me and some me and some of my friends. We all went to his house and we watched part of it, and his wife made us turn it off pretty quickly.
1: <laughs> what fucking cool ass teacher, were you guys hanging with?
0: Well, eh, a dirtbag, as it turned out later. going to uh, say
1: like how <laughs> at many the of time like, we were did like, oh, awesome. what?
0: But yeah. Uh, anyway, faculty's great. Really liked that one. So yeah,
1: yeah, I fucking love it saw it in theaters like weekend it came out it's the breakfast club meets invasion of the body snatchers i mean fucking with the kevin yes but it's got the kevin williamson kind of meta like they're (laughs) talking about invasion of the body snatchers
0: did he write that one yeah okay i wasn't sure but yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's why it was a big a a big deal at the time and not just robert rodriguez but although that was really it was like rodriguez doing a, a williamson thing cool Yeah. Love that movie. So we did that. And speaking of Rodriguez, obviously we did hypnotic.
0: Yeah, I did. I saw that you were watching that today.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we can get to that. But uh, have you seen the first movie or the sequel, Becky or the sequel, The Wrath of Becky?
0: No, I want to, but I don't want to pay for it. I, can't, I keep waiting for them to, to pop on a service that I've already got. But uh, no, I haven't absolutely. seen either one yet. I think they're both available on Hoopla, but I haven't watched
1: well, it. Well, Becky is uh, the sequel anyway, is on Paramount Plus. That's where I saw it. Okay. The original I have on my Voodoo, my digital copy. I love those movies. And the sequel is a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I've heard good things, especially about the uh, sequel, but haven't watched it yet.
1: Yeah. We watched the original 1922 Nosferatu. Ooh. yeah the restored the one that kino put out a couple years ago yeah. it's fucking beautiful dude that movie's 101 years old
0: that's crazy yeah
1: yeah and there's so much iconic fucking horror imagery in it you could just <laughs> yeah. it's so fucking awesome dude god that's the al pacino once upon a time in hollywood what a picture <laughs> jesus christ then we did another thing that criterion had and again i bring that up a lot because fuck we'll dip into criterion for a million different things a million different kinds of movies because it just rules it might be my favorite streaming service yeah because there's just so much good shit and it's not artsy fartsy there's that definitely (laughs) but it's not just like some black and white french movie of some destitute child shitting in a coffee can and going (laughs) well
0: they need people actually. service so
1: (laughs) yeah they have a thing about 70s car movies right and basically all that means all they have in common is they have to have a kick-ass car chase and if the 70s did something pretty fucking cool, it was figuring out how to really go nuts with a car chase. Once Bullet happened, they were like, we like this, let's do more. And there's a, an adaptation of some old 60s Alistair McLean novel called Fear is the Key. It's just like an action-adventure flick with Barry Newman, anyone who knows the great... Barry Newman, he died earlier this year. He was in Vanishing Point, a great unsung character actor. It's a fucking nutty movie because it seems to change the kind of movie it is every 15 to 20 minutes where you can't quite get a handle on it. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that in a bad way, though, where sometimes movies you, you feel like they don't know what they want to be and yeah. they don't really have a handle on their tone. You can tell this movie knows exactly what it's doing. It's just you, you can't get ahead of the story. That's what it is. You ever see Cold in July? I don't think so. That's a, another Joe Lansdale story. That's one where if you watch the first thirty minutes of the movie, you can never predict what happens in the last fifteen <laughs> minutes of it. You can yeah. never ever figure out how where you're going to end up. And that keeps happening in fear is the key. It was I've never I had never even heard of it. And within a day of seeing it, I found out there was a region free blu-ray of it recently released by the Australian label imprint and I have that it's in the other room right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw it. I that was last Sunday that I saw it for the first time. So yeah, it inspires those kind of feelings. Oh, and we yeah, I don't saw think I uh, heard of it. Yeah. No, watch it, dude. Watch it. Please, please, please. I may end up, I may end up getting you a copy because it's that good. <laughs> I might. I might just fucking do that for you. The only other thing, and I figure you probably saw it. If you didn't, I know we'll end up talking about it at some point. Uh, we watched No One Will Save You.
0: Oh, new- yeah. I, I want to see that, but I haven't caught
1: it yet. Yeah. The alien home invasion movie. Mm-hmm. And Kate, it was
0: all ever. over Twitter last weekend. Yeah. Everybody was talking about it. Yeah.
1: Because it is that good. It is that fucking good. It's it's really, really, really fucking good. That's really all I gotta say. Just watch it.
0: Yeah, please. I will definitely be seeing that before the end of October. Uh
1: you better, because I gotta talk about it with my boy. But yeah, getting back to hypnotic. I can't okay, look. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I also want to see Hypnotic, but only because it's a it's Rodriguez movie.
1: A, yeah, well, that's why I watched it. I was like, it's an yeah. new Rodriguez, and I don't necessarily do that with every Rodriguez. Did I see the new Spy Kids movie? No, I did not. Yeah. The new I Shark Point Battle Abaco, Angel either. I did, and that movie fucking rules.
0: That's cool. It looks cool. I just haven't seen
1: it. It's that—that's the Rodriguez I'm always hoping for. That's the one I'm hoping for. Not exactly the one I got in Hypnotic, <laughs> but. It's not that it changes the kind of movie it is every 15 minutes, like Fear is the Key I was just talking about, but it, it just continually keeps getting crazier. It's one of those mm-hmm. where it just keeps, you're like, oh, wow, that's a fucking wacky twist. And then it's like, oh, we can one-up that. And then it just keeps doing that. Yeah. And it, it's not boring. At least it wasn't for me. In the first, you know, 10, 15 minutes, I was like, oh, man, I don't know. Because, I mean, I didn't really know the whole setup. I didn't know the whole story. And it seemed very formulaic. Like, when you get all the pieces of everything that's going on with Ben Affleck's character, I was like, you know, yeah, I have seen this movie a lot. (laughs) A lot. (laughs) But then, about 15, 20 minutes in, it starts to get a little weird. And then it just, like I said, every few minutes it gets a little weirder. And then it just keeps doing that and then and then by the end when it all wrapped up I was like I really liked how that ended I like how they brought it all together wow I like that movie I'm not going to say it's great I think it's good as opposed to bad maybe it's only barely on that side because it's not it's just not great it's not yeah. but it was entertaining enough at least this one time I may not ever watch it again but I did enjoy it while I was watching it tonight so that's something you know hey not every movie can say that <laughs> They don't all do that, so that's that's all of the shit. I feel like I've, I've seen more, like the Bone Collector and Buckaroo <laughs> Bones, but those are the ones I'll bring.
0: Gotcha. Well, yeah, I'm gonna. I'll probably what? get a Timnotica shot eventually, but yeah.
1: It's on Peacock.
0: Not a, not in a huge rush, but I'm curious. I almost went <laughs> to see it 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 have in theaters, but I ended up missing it. So, I uh, I've been watching a lot of horror stuff also. But before I get to that, I did have a chance. Don't throw anything at me. <laughs> uh, I went to Nashville, which is about two hours from where I live. Uh, one of the independent theaters there was doing a Friedkin retrospective. So they were showing The French Connection and To Live and Die in LA on a Sunday a couple weeks ago. So I drove up there for that. And it was awesome. And it was cool to see like there was a decent turnout. There were probably, it wasn't a packed house, but there were probably 30 or 40 people for both uh, screenings. And I prefer, you know, we talked about Friedkin's movies uh, on our last episode, but we um, did. I prefer The French Connection, and I like The Chase in that more. I think part of it is because he's chasing a fucking L train <laughs> <laughs> uh, in that one. But um, To in LA in L.A. is also great, and it was the one that played better in a movie theater It's because it's more bombastic. It's got the soundtrack, and the colors really pop and everything. Got and- Wayne Chung That's right. And, you know, spoilers for To Live and Die in L.A., if you haven't seen it. I'm going to spoil something here. A lot of people apparently had not seen it before because when William Peterson got his head blown off, there were a lot of audible gasps. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, that movie fucking rocks. Both of them are are fantastic all-timers. So that was a really cool experience. This does not make
1: me hate you, but I'm very jealous. (laughs) And, again, as your friend, I think it's absolutely kick-ass you got to do it. So rock on, bro.
0: I was trying to get a couple people to... I'd asked a couple of people if they wanted to go with me because, you know, it's, it's only a two-hour drive, and I drive for work, so it's no, no big deal to me. But um ended up having to go by myself and didn't regret it in the, in the least. <laughs> uh, a lot of fun. And um, that theater also does a, a cool thing every October where they do like a 12-hour movie marathon that starts at like 10 p.m. and goes to 10 a.m., and they don't announce the movies ahead of time. So you never know what you're going to be watching. And I went a couple of years ago and they show shit like Exorcist 2 was one of the ones I had to watch. And uh, mm-hmm. Blood Diner, which actually played really well in a crowded theater. I bet. Uh, but uh, it, it's a cool experience. And uh, I haven't been able to do it the last. I wasn't able to do it last year. And this year I'm going to be out of town that weekend that they're doing it. So I'm missing it again this year. But that's a, a cool thing. It's the Belcourt in Nashville. If anybody lives anywhere near there. Give them your money because they, it. cool, <laughs> they do cool shit there. But yeah, I, uh, I watched for the first time The House with the Clock in Its Walls.
1: Oh yeah, we had talked about that last time that you were gonna watch it.
0: Yeah, it's it's. Like I a think curious. I. Maybe I had already seen it. I can't remember. If, no, if it I
1: don't was. think you had. I think I told you that you needed to. We were talking about Eli Roth stuff because of Thanksgiving. You said you hadn't seen it and I was like, "Dude, it's good."
0: Yeah, I liked it. I, I um it's it's kind of a kids horror thriller movie um yeah. based on a book, I think. Uh-huh. And it's got Jack Black and Kate Blanchett. It's a lot of fun. I I liked it quite a bit. It's something really different for Eli Roth, obviously. Yeah. Um, but he
1: did really good at it, I think.
0: Yeah, I, th- I thought
1: You it know, so it showed that he's more than people I think might pigeonhole him as. Yeah. He could make and, more movies like that and and I think he could do really well. I'm not saying he should suddenly start doing kids horror, right. but if he wanted to do stuff that's not what he's known for, I think he clearly shows he has the aptitude for that.
0: Mhm. So. And and um another one he did which is kind of horror Knock Knock a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I liked that movie quite a bit, Keanu Reeves and Anna DeArmas. De Armas. Yeah. But yeah, that uh, House on the Clock, Clock in Its Walls is, is a lot of fun. I could have done without the giant lion plant sharding everywhere a couple times, but yeah. I guess that's what you get with a kid's horror movie. So, yeah. but a lot, it, it's a fun to laugh their asses off. <laughs> yeah. I rewatched the uh VHS 94 and 99 flicks. Cause they've got VHS 85 <laughs> coming out and I'm excited to see that. It's some pretty big names on the, this new one. Scott Derrickson is one of them uh, that did a segment in the new one, but 99 I thought was kind of disappointing, but I like VHS 94 quite a bit. Have you seen either one of those yet?
1: I haven't. We When we talked about that, I was saying that I needed to. I <laughs> have not yet because I suck.
0: Well, I mean, I, I'm not going to say these are must-watches, but there are some really cool segments in especially 94, and 99's got a couple of good ones and then some that are not so great. Drag Me to Hell, I watched that again for the first time in a while. Nice. Sam Raimi's... Return to horror after doing blockbusters <laughs> for close to a decade, and, and it's really a
1: full-on spookablast.
0: And I did not realize until I was looking up some stuff about the cast. Like Alison Loman is basically retired at this point. She that was her last movie, and then she, she had some smaller.
1: Neville Dean of Neville Dean and Taylor, mm-hmm.
0: I want to yeah. say. Yeah, she. And- She's been in a couple of his movies since then in like smaller roles, but essentially I guess she basically got married and started having kids and was like, I I've done the actress thing. I'm going to, I'm going to do the family thing now. So uh, I think she
1: might be doing the crazy anti-vax thing now.
0: Yeah. I've heard, I've heard that she has a lot of tweets, that um
1: or not necessarily cool.
0: <laughs> maybe. I, yeah, but I mean I heard that and then I looked and I couldn't really I didn't know all I saw on her Twitter feed when I heard that was like take my acting course online, you know, that she does. She teaches like an acting thing. So yeah. I don't know. I mean that maybe you know there may be more to it that I don't know. But I like Alison Loman as an actress.
1: Oh I think she's really talented. Yeah. And I, I hope she's not crazy.
0: Crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she's really good in in dragging me to hell. And I am really hoping after Raimi came back with Doctor Strange last year that he's haven't heard anything about what he's planning on doing next, but it would be cool to see him jump back into a kind of a lower budget horror thing. That'd be cool. Cause I really love that movie. And it's, I remember when it came out, one of the, you know, one of my horror friends was like really hated it. And that's when I realized like, Oh, he only likes slasher movies. That's the only <laughs> kind of horror he has any time for basically. But uh, anyway, another one I watched recently, the Pope's exorcist. Yes. Uh, I know you had seen that recently. I think you talked about it on a previous episode and liked it quite a bit. Um, I
1: did. It's so much fun. Well, I got it. I got it. To, I oh, got no. It to TV Chris TV. didn't have fun.
0: I, I thought it was fine. I did fall asleep about three quarters of the way through, and I have not gone back to finish watching it.
1: Christopher.
0: I I was kind of at times I was like, is this supposed to be funny or is it like supposed to be like a dark horror movie? Because him riding around on his little Scootie Buff Jr. was like weird. I mean, I guess that's supposed I to be. think the
1: actual guy did that.
0: Right. Yeah, that's what I'm assuming. And sometimes, uh, well,
1: yeah, I, I think it is actually trying to be funny sometimes, Yeah. especially with him, because he's such a character, you know, and I think Russell Crowe knows exactly the fucking movie he's in. Mm hmm. And I think he knows exactly, like I would think I was telling you, it's not at all a proper, authentic Italian accent. But it is 100% the right Italian accent for that movie. (laughs) For that specific movie, what they're doing, yes. That is exactly how that fucking guy should sound. It's perfect.
0: (laughs) I I did like, you know, from what I saw of it, I really liked Russell Crowe in it quite a bit. He was clearly enjoying himself. And Alex Esso, it was cool to see her pop up in this because... She doesn't show up enough, I don't think. No. Uh, at least not in stuff that I see.
1: No, and they don't give her enough to do in it. I don't think – what they do to give her to do, she's really good at because she's talented. Mm-hmm. But as happy as I am to see her, every time she – you know, like you said, Alex is not enough. I saw her show up and I was like, I didn't know she was in this movie because you're always <laughs> happy when she shows up. Yeah. And that's great. She should show up in more things. But is it much to ask that if you're going to put her in things, give her a little more to do, please, next time? Yeah. I, I can live with it in this one because that was her part. She was to play the mom, and she did the things a mom in this kind of movie and that kind of part needs to do. But, man, Alex Sessa is way more
0: talented. Give her more. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry. I, oh, I, agree. I, get, I, agree. I
1: get very evangelical <laughs> about Alex Sessa because I think she's super, super talented.
0: Well, last thing about Pope's Erosist, uh again, I, I fell asleep towards the back end, and um, <laughs> I was watching it with a friend, and at the end of the movie, he like, hey, you got to wake up and check this out and he made me rewind it to the 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 postscript like it was like father uh did this or whatever and wrote several books and then like after that text it came at the bottom the books were good and i was like is that supposed to be a joke i don't understand what it just was so weird to me i
1: think it's supposed to be a joke like a play on the good book but
0: sure. That could be it.
1: I mean, maybe they. Maybe it was just his sense of humor. Maybe it's something he always said.
0: Sure. You know? I don't. I just know that I laughed out loud when that. <laughs> when
1: that <laughs> I don't came. think I saw that. That is weird.
0: <laughs> but I do plan on on uh, watching or watching for the first time the last thirty minutes or so, and and I'll have a, an updated opinion on it
1: next time maybe i just wanted to say about it i don't think it did anything like groundbreaking for a possession movie or anything i just think it's one of the most effective and fun possession movies i've seen in a while it just like they say it understood the assignment it knows the kind of movie it is and it went about trying to be entertaining if you like those kind of movies in a really fun energetic way i thought that little kid was fucked up and
0: I creepy. did like the voice uh, Silver <clears throat> from the guy whose name I don't know, but he's in a lot of stuff.
1: Ralph Innocent. Right. The witch guy. Yes, yeah, the, the dad, dad and the witch. <laughs> and the bad guy in the hurricane heist for all 20 of ah, you who like that movie. But yeah, I, I really like The Pope's Exorcist. I, I hope uh, you enjoyed the. the yeah,
0: movie. I mean, I thought it was, yeah, again, I thought it was fine. I'd, you know, dozed off at the end, and I'll go back and finish it at some point. I wasn't blown away with what I saw, but I didn't dislike it either. So, And it's we'll see. cool.
1: I forgive you for that without <laughs> you even asking me.
0: Resident Evil, the original, I uh, haven't seen that in many, many years. I've been meaning to rewatch it and that movie kicks ass. It's more <laughs> of an action movie than a horror movie, obviously, but it's got the zombies. I'm sure there's a lot of gamers who don't like it because it's not like the game or whatever. I could care less. Paul W.S. Anderson, that might be his best movie. That or maybe Event Horizon. To I me. think it's
1: probably Event Horizon, but Resident Evil is up there. I, I really, really like Soldier, so I always was- want to argue soldier
0: (laughs) yeah i was going to mention i bought a copy of soldier recently because i've been wanting to watch it for years and i never find it on a streamer so i just like i'm just gonna buy the dvd so i'm gonna watch that soon but uh i haven't actually seen it but
1: i bought a blu-ray of that within the last year or two at some point i was like you know what i don't have that i need to do something about that so i did it fucking rocks i love that
0: movie yeah, I expect I'll like it. I had a friend that really loved it in high school, but for whatever reason that's just one that I never never got around to. But it's than an outer space ass,
1: western really.
0: Awesome. You and know, Kurt Russell, you can't go
1: yeah, wrong. So. He's the the silent hero. I mean, it really is Shane, um, but I mean, you don't really know Western, so I'm...
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know Shane. It's a popular Western.
1: Yes, it's 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 a good movie. You will, you should like it, I would imagine. Knowing the kind of stuff you dig, I think you'll dig it. And you should get to it, sir, since you um, do have a copy.
0: I, I definitely am excited to watch it. Last couple I got are both cult flicks, very different types of cult flicks, but um, okay. movie I had never heard of. And by cult flicks, I mean they're about cults. Okay.
2: Um,
0: I never heard of it, but I saw somebody, I think I saw it recommended maybe on Facebook or something. I forget where I saw it, but then I looked it up and saw that it was on Tubi for two more days. So I watched it yesterday before it left. Brotherhood of Satan.
1: Oh, okay. Um, for whatever reason, I thought you were going to bring up the Ty West one.
0: Well, uh, we'll get to that. Oh shit! Is that the other one? Oh. That's the other one, but I have that one on on DVD. But um, Brotherhood of Satan. Uh, it's a 1971. You know, right in the thick of all the Satanism stuff uh, about a satanic cult that's kidnapping children in this small town and a couple a family that travels through and gets caught up in all the madness.
1: And was it made for TV or is it a a theatrical?
0: uh i'm fairly sure let me look i'm pretty sure it was a theatrical release i didn't it probably recognize. was.
1: it probably yeah. was that just sounds like the it kind was. of thing that could have been a, a tv movie
0: yeah it was probably the drive-in movie type deal
1: cool did you like it
0: i did i didn't think it was great i don't know that i would watch it again
1: but did you have fun while you were watching it this one oh, time?
0: Oh, I, I certainly did i'm looking to okay. see if, if this was a, a theatrical release Yes, 1971. According to Wikipedia, anyway, got a theatrical release in August of 71. And I guess it's based. Oh, there was a book adaptation of the movie, but not. It wasn't based on a on a uh, novel initially. Uh, but yeah, it was fun. the The best part about it was probably the leader of the Satanic cult. Again, I I don't recognize any of these actors: Struther Martin, LQ Jones, Charles Bateman,
1: LQ Jones. I mean, I know Struther Martin. He's Great Cool Hand Luke and Butch Cassidy Slapshot, all that shit. But LQ Jones, bro. That dude was okay. in the Wild Bunch and he was in the motherfucking Lone Wolf McQuaid.
0: Oh, and you know how I see. feel about Lone Wolf McQuaid? Yeah, bunch of westerns, it looks like here. But yeah, these are movies I haven't seen. So <clears throat> he was also a producer on this flick, along with Albie Moore, who was in Green Acres.
1: Uh <laughs> ah, yeah. But yeah, LQ Jones was great. Also wrote and directed A Boy and His Dog, the seventies post-apocalyptic black comedy horror. Thing I don't know what you call it.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think I've heard of that one. I was trying oh, to find heard. the. Uh, oh. I was trying to find the name of or the character who um, was the head of the satanic cult. And but um yeah, I, I can't figure it out based on this uh, Wikipedia page. But he was really good. That's all I have to really say about it. But it was a fun movie if you're into those type of flicks, which I am. There's a million of them from the you know 70s and 80s, I guess. But the the plot that the the cult has uh, was kind of an interesting twist. Not totally original, but you know it was cool. The sack. Ty plus uh, Yes. Basically, adaptation of the Jonestown Cole. Basically which is very good. I had only seen it one time before and I rewatched it earlier today and there's a lot of good stuff in that movie. best parts are probably the guy who plays father, known primarily I think for his role in No Country for Old Men as the shopkeeper. Seen?
1: Oh, yeah. I I didn't even put together that was the same guy. The only <laughs> thing I know him in aside from that is The Hateful Eight.
0: Oh, um, yeah, yeah.
1: Gene Jones, is that his name?
0: I think that's right. Yeah. Let's He's-
1: he is a really good actor. The yeah, Sacramento Gene, fucked me up. I don't know why. It just, There's something about it that just disturbed the shit out of me. Well,
0: I think the, I am- the most disturbing thing about it to me is that it's basically based on a true story. Yeah. It's not point for point the exact same story as Jonestown, but it's pretty damn close. So when you see all those... People poisoned at the end, and you know, are like that shit really did happen to people in the seventies or maybe early eighties. I forget exactly when Jonestown happened, but
1: I think it was uh, the late seventies. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. But it, again, it's just the way it's done. It's really, it's really well done in the yeah. way. Because I mean, I've seen shit like that before, and it didn't have the effect on me that movie did. It's just a cumulative effect too, because it's you just know, even if you don't know it's the Jonestown story, there's shit off the moment they get there mm-hmm. and it just, you just feel that sense of dread, you know, that's something Ty West is very good at and it just gets more and more. The feeling of dread grows and grows. And then suddenly, like you said, people are convulsing and poison. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. And there's the, <clears throat> um, the scene with Amy Simon uh, and her brother where you just, the camera just sits on them while she uh, tries to get him to drink the poison and he won't. And then she like injects him and it just, it's just really hard to watch at times. Yep. Um, it's but yeah, the, the Gene Jones is a, a incredible. It, it's almost like a um, performance similar to what struggling to think of his name now in Red State, Michael. Uh, oh, Michael Parts. Parks. Yeah, it's it's similar to that. I think I get that. He's only got a couple of scenes really in the movie, but he really kills it. I love AJ Bowen and Joe Swanberg. I, I really wish Bowen would show up in more stuff as well, much like yeah. uh, Alex Esso. You know, don't see him enough. Look at it at Gene Jones filmography and no country for old men was his third credit damn after the civil war in 1990 which was a tv show apparently he was in nine episodes Chappelle show prosecutor number three (laughs) uh red dead revolver which is a video game and then he was in no country for old men in 2007 and he's got a bunch of roles since then and he's coming up gonna be in killers of the flower moon the new scorsese flick which looks amazing
1: yeah it does um, not too shabby sir
0: so that's pretty much it as far as <clears throat> recent stuff oh i have been re-watching house on haunted hill sorry <laughs> haunting of hill house uh in preparation for the new mike flanagan netflix show follow the house of usher
1: hell um, yeah and, and how, a week how, from yesterday totally killer that new movie uh that looks like looks basically like the final girls meets back to the future or back to the future as a slasher movie
0: i think back to the oh future. with uh Kieran and Shipka? yeah yeah
1: it looks like back to the future to me like if instead yeah. margie went back in time and his dad was his dad and all his friends his mom and all her friends were being killed by a slasher that seems basically like what it is and because it goes back to the 80s it makes everyone and because it's a slasher everyone's like "Ooh, the final girls and i get that but yeah it feels more like the way Happy Death Day is like, what if Groundhog Day, but a slasher? This feels like, what if Back to the Future, but a slasher? And mm-hmm. I'm down for that. And that's yeah, Amazon, so
0: Woo-hoo. on Prime. But yeah, I've been watching Haunting of Phil House, and it, it's amazing. I mean, I, it it's so sad, like, the way the, the characters' lives, you know, are, are turn out in that show. But the, it's also, like, terrifying at times. I love that show.
1: Yeah, it's one of the best mixes of, like, legit family drama, and absolute corker of haunted house horror shit.
0: Well, I guess that's all we got. Um, You want to let people know where they can find you on the internet before we roll out?
1: Sure can. At present, if we start having to (laughs) give a photo ID and shit, you will not see me on Twitter. But at present, I am on Twitter. I'm AJ as the Haunted Gels of Mario Baba, at Haunted Gels. And I am also on Blue Sky, which is probably going to end up being my main place i am aj mccready.bsky.social under the name aj mccready so come on over and let's talk scary shit it's october y'all so <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: and you can find me on uh, twitter blue sky instagram and even threads if that's st- i guess that's still around all of those at brody man 34 are just CC easy to have to find um and the small screeners page for Instagram and Twitter is at small screeners. Feel free to give us a rating or review on your pod catcher of choice or let somebody know about the show. If you dig it and we will catch you guys. Actually, we're going to have a couple extra special things coming up this month for spooky season. And then we'll be back in November with another small screeners episode. So we'll see you guys then. What? In <laughs> And losers. Jerry Logan is a cab
1: driver whose world is going nowhere. Until one night,
0: one passenger takes him on the ride of his life. I'm hurry, you really step on it for me. Yeah, sure. I don't want to get involved here.
1: The, the money matter. The guy ended up leaving the money in a cab, and the cabby took two things I want. My money back, and <laughs> you make this cabby disappear. You hired me in the first place. Your money never would have ended up in a cab at the airport.
0: What the hell's going on, Jerry? I took some money. A lot of money? I don't know. It was a million dollars. Jim. I waited
2: on this guy tonight. <gasps> now, oh, where was he gone? Oh, Whoops. <laughs> get my money now you die
1: now. You just take the money and kill us both.
2: Not if I kill him first. Surprise!
1: Edward says you have a real talent for running away.
2: You wanted me to fix it so you won't do that. You started thinking you were smart,
1: but all you were was lucky. on
0: I'm gonna (laughs) kill Scott Glenn, Andrew McCarthy, John Glover, Knight of the Running Man. Here hold this.